D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Listen, the, the Board of Governors meetings are on, so they didn't want to miss any Leaf games because the Board of Governors are all Leaf fans. Um, mm. So we don't get a game till Thursday when the Board of Governors meetings are over. So we have to talk about other cool shit. That was a good and, one, Adam. Well, it's the truth. That was a really good one. I mean, I show me. I mean, I, I think that's very clearly the the obvious point about why the Leafs did not play this week. It's it's the Board of Governors need to watch the games. Well, and that in the NHL is rigged. Yeah. Yes. Um, what I want to talk about. I, it's, this, I mean, I, we could talk about the Gary Bettman press conference. We could talk about. Um, we, we could talk about Darren Ferris and Kevin Ken Holland getting into it. We could talk about the Leafs linked to Rasmus Ristolainen. Oh, stop! Don't worry, we'll break that down. Stop. I really just want to talk about Shohei for a minute. Can we? Oh, I know. Can we talk about that? I know. I just think I'm looking at all the Shohei news. Shohei Otani apparently it's down to like the Dodgers, the Giants, the Angels to, could still retain him. Stop. And. Your Toronto Blue Jays. Unless you're not a Blue Jays fan, then they're not your Toronto Blue Jays. I felt myself instinctively twist to the left because I wanted to go to our baseball correspondent, Jesse Blake. From the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Because uh, Jesse played, I think it was minors for the Blue Jays, or what what was it? Yeah. Oh, no. No. no, every time no. we talk about your baseball career, you it, go it up a bumps level. up a level. No. Yeah, you guys. Jesse always takes you guys it down romanticize whatever little career I had when I was fourteen. You were on the All Ontario <laughs> team, Jesse. That's a big. I deal. was not. I was not. I did not make All Ontario. Okay. Highest I got was Triple A. Yeah, Canada. Oh, was one oh. team Canada. Oh, the OBA kids were the the coolest kids. Oh, I, yeah? I didn't get to be. I didn't make OBA. <laughs> were you a big dip guy? No, D- dip Sun, was sunflower was, seeds guy. Dip wasn't right. Sunflower seeds, yes. Yes. Spitz. Spits? Yeah, spits were awesome. Yeah. yeah. Jesse's Fields sister told me once, she's like, I spent so many weekends at the baseball time. Yeah, anybody, anybody, <laughs> who's played on, anybody who's played on a travel club for any, like, high-level sport when you're a kid, like, your parents, like, that's the biggest sacrifice they make uh, if you want to play sports as a kid at a high level is that just your weekends are consumed by that sport. Like, whether it's hockey or basketball or baseball or whatever, just every weekend we're in Ancaster, we're in Sault Ste. Marie, we're in, even, like, go out to, like, even Brampton, it's local, but we're there for the whole weekend, you know, yeah. these little tournaments. You're trying to play the best teams in Ontario that are in your in your level. And, and you were you were telling me a story once. It, it never got on the pod. But one time you were at a tournament in Sault Ste. Marie and there was this family and you guys were like talking and their son, he was like kind of quiet. And his name was Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. And Jesse and actually played with Shohei Otani. It's crazy. And yeah. Sault Ste. Marie and Kyle Dubas Yeah, was they there. flew him over from uh, Japan just to play us. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And Jesse, you guys won, right? Jesse was only five years older than him. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's the... So he's 28. Uh, Jesse would be three years older than him. But uh, um, I, I'm wondering... What like? Thank you. Are we getting? Thanks, no. Are we getting all excited? I want to. I didn't want to age Jesse, right? Oh, uh, I want to oversell his, his baseball career. Mm. I don't want to overage the guy. Right. Um, mm. Like, see, is it from a Toronto perspective? Mm. If you're if you're a Yankees fan, mm. and like apparently the the word this morning is that Juan Soto is, is to the Yankees is is close to happening. If you're a Yankees fan, you're used to big players coming. Yes. If you're uh, if you're Miami, you're used to it. If you're Chicago, you're used to it. If you're LA, you're used to it. Um, even in even in Toronto with the Maple Leafs, there's a lot of guys that are like from here who love coming in and dunking on the Leafs who grew up Leafs fans. But yeah. they're like, I don't know if I want to play here. Like Ryan O'Reilly's like, no, I'd rather play in Nashville mm-hmm. and probably not make the playoffs for at least the first year, maybe more, maybe uh, than than play in Toronto because you know. 
Toronto's hockey's a bit of a weird sport where people don't like yeah. idiots. Well, it's hard to make the playoffs in the West. Here come the Sharks. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. I, I'm serious. I am dead serious. But I, I want to like, I, I want to actually. Are we allowed to be excited about it yet? Yes. Jesse. Yes. Jesse, are we allowed to be excited about it yet? Yeah, I think you'd be excited. Why not? Why? No, nobody should take that away from fans. Okay. Like, there's been a lot of buzz around Cho, and it seems like it's the Blue Jays are this, in second place right now behind the Dodgers or maybe the Angels. So I think there's cause for excitement. It's cool to see the Blue Jays management go for it. You know, I feel like Jays fans have been waiting for this for so long because the, the Rogers family, they had have the money. You know, it's not it's not a money nah. issue. It's a hey, go out and do something incredible, and that's what that would be with Shohei. So I think there's a there's a lot of buzz with Jays fans. It's it's cause for excitement. Now, just the possibility of getting the biggest free agent ever, and the fact that you're in second place is crazy. Would Shohei Otani be the biggest athlete in the history of Toronto? Uh yeah, yeah. Would he be the biggest athlete in the history of the country? It's a hit. Yes. Well, what about Gretzky? Mm. Yeah, mm. that's what I mean. Yeah, no. Like if there's a debate, like, right? Yeah. No, not really. Wow. Sorry, Edmonton. We're taking the best player. He'd have to player. like he'd have to do some stuff here. Yes. I think if we're gonna That's true. If we're gonna pass Greg. No question it's the biggest signing if it happens in Canadian history. Yeah, the biggest signing for sure. Certainly baseball. In terms of player, like I don't know. Well, like and like free agent signing. Like yeah, that's the thing. In order for the Raptors to get Kawhi, they had to like ah, we tricked you. Like <laughs> he had to be injured for two years and not want to play anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't want to come here. Yeah, like the Spurs almost like sarcastically like, "Fine, we'll trade you to Toronto," and then he fucking won and then left immediately. But he won, mm -hmm. and then an LA team who wears blue took him, mm -hmm. and now it's our turn, LA teams that wear blue. We're gonna get him. <laughs> We're gonna get showing. But what? Okay, because the Rogers family, I think, is the second richest owner in baseball behind the Wilds. Uh, I who behind the who? Hmm? The who? Continue. Okay. Well, anyway, they're they're the second richest because I think the family's worth eleven point six billion or something like that. Yeah, but the family doesn't own the Blue Jays, right? It's just uh, Rogers owns Teddy. Right? Yes. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. it's Ed. Is Ed? Ted is the dad. Ed, Ed is Ed, the okay. son. Yeah. I always get it backwards. Yeah. 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 Ed Ed's owns it by himself. There are right? rumors that he would like to own them Not outright. I don't know how that would work, but apparently he wants to own them outright at some point. Mm -hmm. So, but even even so, like they're they're he's here's the thing about this particular billionaire is he is a fan of the club, watches every game. Yeah. And and the uh the money that his company not him, but his company is putting into renovating the Rogers Center. I think it was 100 million last year. It's something like 300 million this year. They're they're actually turning it into a baseball field. Where so I I never noticed this because I was a I was I was a Jays fan, but like I'd never been to a lot of different parks until I was older. They're moving the seats in the stadium to face home plate, and so like in the when you get along the the first base and the third base line, when oh you yeah, sit, you look out at the outfield. A real baseball park pivots you to home plate because that's where the action is, and then you watch hits go out. I never really thought of it. I didn't think about it either, but that's part of the major, like that's like a major thing huh. in the renovations. And and you know, I guess it's because the stadium was meant to be a multifunctional stadium, uh, and now they're making it more into a baseball park. I don't so. think Americans realize that uh, essentially one guy. Uh, owns or co-owns basically every pro sports team in the city. <laughs> well, he owns 
He owns I mean, the Blue Jays. Owns 30% of the Marlies, uh, Leafs, um, PFC, Raptors. Yep. Right, the whole no, what Argos. Steve said is correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no two ways about it. All right, Toronto PWHL team and... Is there a wolf pack? In, that's why. Oh, the Toronto Wolf. Uh, he might own he, them too. I don't know. That's why the Toronto currently doesn't have a WNBA team because the Rogers didn't want to invest in that. Well, MLSE specifically didn't want to invest in it. And yeah. it was Rogers part of the board that held that. Yeah. Team. And because they own the building where they would play and yeah. they have a monopoly on these sports teams. And if they don't want a sports team here, they there's the sports team isn't coming. The odd thing is he, that he, there are other billionaires here. Yeah. He, like <laughs> he's not the only one. <laughs> he personally does not like Masai Ujiri, which yeah. I feel like might not be good. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> uh, if you ask Raptors fans, they're a little mixed on Masai Ujiri right now. Uh, that's so. true. But all will be forgiven if Shohei Otani comes to the Blue Jays and actually, oh, sh I just realized something. Mm -hmm. We can't talk about this. Why? Because if you talk about Shohei Otani, no, if he the, disappears. So it's so, like, it's like Elf on a Shelf. If you touch him, <laughs> he loses his magic. N Natalie was saying this morning. She's like, the media really needs to stop reporting on this because because he's just, it, we're gonna blow it. I'm like, Nat, the media is allowed to talk about it. Is your Are wife you, a reply guy? She, she's a reply guy, and I I was I was really upset with her. I'm like I'm like, and then I was like, can you just keep watching Sports Center for a second because they showed the Dave Roberts clip. From the, if you haven't seen this, the Los Angeles Dodgers manager paused for about four seconds and, and then said, yes, we did meet with him when he was asked about it. And you're not supposed to talk about this. That's the, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, and uh, uh, anyway, everybody's wondering, it's like, oh, his, his agent already said that he's going to hold it against that team. So I, anyway, she's like, well, the media, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the media can do whatever the media wants. It's as long as the teams themselves do not talk about it, we're okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll give Ross Atkins credit for one thing. He's great at throwing a bunch of words at you and saying nothing at all. He, he's amazing at it. Lou Lamorello is the only other general manager in, in Toronto sports history who I think was better at just saying nothing in a full paragraph. He's so good at it that his team can blow a 4-1 lead to the San Jose Sharks and we don't even talk about it the next day. No, we don't. We, all, we could. We could. We might die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, is, uh, I, it's such a weird thing because like you're sitting here right now and you're talking about baseball and it's December 6th and, and everybody's buzzed about the Jays and all that. And you're like, okay, this is the power of this dude. Like you got yeah. Adam sitting here talking about the winter meetings and all that. <laughs> like the amount of, of bandwagon jumping that people are doing because of Shohei, it's incredible. And that's like, it, it's not even a real thing yet. It's just the idea of it. You got, you got everybody just talking about the Jays. You're talking about your wife talking about Blue Jays uh, <laughs> leaks and media yeah. like, that's ridiculous it's I mean he's a he is and the great thing about him is we don't know anything about this fucking guy he's an enormous star Otani? and only because of what he that's does on the field <laughs> well what do we don't know we don't know any we really don't know much about his personal life he we really don't pitches real good or will in the future and he hits real good I think that's kind of cool and unique yes right? Oh, he's the best. He's arguably, I mean, he's got to play a little bit more baseball, but when it's all said and done, he could be called the best baseball player of all time. If he's not already. Dude, he's like I think the there's best an pitcher argument. and the best hitter. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Somebody compared him on Twitter yesterday to the, to the Jays having Carlos Delgado and Roy Halladay in one player. And they actually went through the numbers. And he's like, obviously, Shohei's not going to be the same workhorse on the pitching side as Roy Halladay was. Right. Uh, but... The numbers that Delgado put up in his best season are comparable to really what good. Shohei did last year. Yeah, dude, uh, I'm so nuts. excited. Nuts. Um, I'm excited. 
And, dude, this summer we brought Leo to uh, a baseball game. It was my first baseball game with him. Okay. And it was against the Angels. Mm -hmm. And I said, we have to get a program. We have to get a program because we never know if we're going to get to see a game with Otani again. And I want my son, even though he probably won't remember it, to have evidence that he saw the greatest baseball player who ever lived. My mom and he might to, sign here. My mom took me to Wayne Gretzky's last game at Maple Leaf Gardens because she said I, I she said like I was just getting into hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a bit of a latecomer, but she was like, "It's really important that you see the best, the best player of all time because this is the last chance you're going to get to see him." Damn. So she and she didn't even like hockey. My mom's <laughs> not a hockey fan, and she was like, "Nope." Important that you be there. And we sat in the last row. <laughs> we sat in the last row at Maple Leaf Gardens, semi-obstructed view right next to the announcer's booth. And and oh, it was great. In the, the last cereal aisle. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like it was like the cereal. It was what it is now. <laughs> Fucking loblaw. 100 percent 100 percent Yeah, anyway. Um sat so, in Galen Weston's house. Are you okay? Now let me ask you this. Are you guys more inclined to to see Shohei, you got you feel like next summer if he's in if he's in Toronto, he's playing for the Blue Jays. You got to go at least once, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Do you buy a jersey? Oh yeah, but everyone's got the jersey though. No, that's no no. This is peak being difficult season. Okay. Otani signs with the Jays, and you don't buy a jersey. And this is you go out and you get like a Kiermaier jersey or something. No, <laughs> assuming God. he comes back, I, I, they're on uh, they're on discount, I think, because I think he's leaving. You get Kikuchi. <laughs> no, Just, I'm getting get a Yusei like, Bichette. Yeah, who's been here forever? Yeah, and he's been amazing. Go get a Bichette jersey. That's uh, that's Leo's favorite stuffy right now. He's there a, you go. Blue yeah. Jays teddy bear called Bo Bichette. So be Bo like, Bo oh, Bo. I'm I'm an OG, you know, like I I cheer for Bichette. Well, that's a good idea. Be better than the, guy, the people. I have a Tulowitzki jersey, so yeah. that's OG. OG. No, no, <laughs> I'll get an Ananobi Blue Jays jersey. <laughs> that's really. No, I just like. Is it? Is it? Because like instantly, like this is how I thought you guys might respond. Because like sports fans are so weird. It's like, yeah, we got the greatest player potentially in the history of the sport. Now nah, I'm not gonna buy his jersey. No, like what no. the fuck Everybody, is wrong with us? <laughs> That's no, so everybody's weird. gonna buy his jersey. What? what do you mean? No. I want. That's like going to Taylor Swift and not buying a T-shirt. I want a buy Brett Laurie jersey that's so frayed. I have to use like an electric razor to go along the edges. <laughs> uh, go along just the pilled. Seams. Just pilled. Yeah. 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 Why is that? Why are we like that? Because I I, I identify with it. Why are we like that? Damage. Damage. Yeah. Is it that we're worried that we come here or he comes here, we buy a jersey, and then he's just not the same guy? Who's not buying a jersey? Where are you getting this from? Well, you yeah. guys both said you would get like a no, I, was, I was joking. No, oh. no. <laughs> I didn't sound like a joke to me. Steve, Steve said, no, no you got to be better. I think like you would get an Otani jersey, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. But like we do people. I have something to say about you that you maybe don't know about yourself. Um, if you listen to the show, you're broken. Like, as a sports fan, like, you're damaged. Most people will go to the game and they'll be like, hooray, let's go, Blue Jays, and yeah. seventh inning stretch. If you listen to sports podcasts regularly, no, you're broken, you're damaged. It, it, we're talking to you. The vast majority of people will get an Otani jersey and love it. Mm -hmm. You might do it as well, but you'll feel a little dirty for it. Like... I don't think that's true. At all. You'll feel what a little dirty for it. About? Why would they you're, think and you're gonna need, these exist? You're going to go on eBay and you're going to get a vintage Aaron Loop jersey. You know what's consistently <laughs> You know what's consistently the best-selling jersey, the most popular players. Right. And we have an audience that will be difficult about it. 
I don't. One hundred percent. Think so. Dalton Varsho jerseys flying off the shelf. I think there's some people who will get the like unique player, but I I assume the majority of fans who listen to this podcast would buy an Austin Matthews jersey. I got it. Or a Mitch Marner jersey, or a William Nylander jersey. No, because you it's, need to. It's the unique people. There's a, a select few who will go out and buy. I don't know. No. The David Kampf jersey, you know? Everyone wants to show you why their jersey is unique. You know how many... Okay, so I, I, in Sweden, met a bunch of people wearing Nylander jerseys. The 88s didn't point it out to me. The 29s turned their back and showed me with their thumbs. Mm-hmm. The 39s and 62s took it off their back and said, See? Mm-hmm. I am special. Yes. I am special. My point is those people are not the majority. Yes, they are. The eight, so No, I know. <laughs> They're not. I know. The I know. Point no, I know. That I know. The majority are the 88s. No, you okay, here's how you wear <laughs> the an other Otani. ones are unique because they're unique. You, here's how you wear an Otani jersey to a Jays Silly game while letting people know that you're like a better sports fan than them. Mm-hmm. What was his team in Japan? That's the jersey you wear. Oh, or even man. a, a Shohei World Baseball Classic jersey. It's like I have a... Uh, I have one. I have a St. Petersburg Tarasenko jersey. Yeah, that means you're better. Okay. Jesse, what do you have? I No, I have a, a World Baseball Classic Canada jersey. Do you really? Yeah, there's no name on the back, though. It's from the original World Baseball Classic. I forget oh, where from, I got it from. Those are when the jerseys was good. The last World Baseball Classic jerseys were pretty pathetic. Yeah, what they, I remember everybody was upset about Well, because the right? lettering was super small and like a bit... It looked a bit... Like ironed on, you know, you it didn't look to, stitched on. You need to let everyone know you're better. You got to get Blake on the back, number sixty nine, and get a a, a C <laughs> from a hockey jersey and put it on the. No man, yeah, yeah, Jesse is totally against putting his own name on it. Oh yeah, no, these are uh, they were tough. These That's were, a <laughs> these are rough jerseys. <laughs> Those were so ugly. If you're listening to this, just Google Canada World Baseball Classic jerseys. <laughs> the 2023 so edition is bad. Fre- Freddie Freeman should have been like, "Why did I pick this country?" It looks like. <laughs> It looks like everything except a baseball jersey. Like I could see this being a cricket uniform. I could see this being a golf shirt. Oh my god! So Under Armour, what's your excuse here, guys? We're gonna talk. Like Canada's not even lined up properly. Look at that. No, they messed that up. They've had good jerseys in the past too. That's what bothers me. Why does it look like Canada? (laughs) Also, I look at that N, and it's over the seam. So I'm wondering, like, does the N Velcro down? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that end stay there? How I'm, does it not bend? Uh, I didn't think I had OCD, but like, this is, Isn't that I'm, I'm angry, right? It, I'm well, angry looking at this. It's, it's just, and it's, it's like, it's like between your nips. Like, it's not even, it's not even in the right, like it's, yeah, I don't know. It should be closer to the chest. What? Sorry. Oh, Steve's trying to do a thing with the four box. He's I was, it was clever. Oh, okay. All right. Was the four box. Okay. There you go. This is good. Okay. I oh, I see what he's doing. I only like. (laughs) What? Hold on. Look, I'm I'm moving it. This is whoa. That's crazy. This is a bad jersey. This is bad. Man, you guys have got to watch this because this this is great great entertainment. This is great. Yeah. Sorry, like forty percent of you or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of people that listen. (laughs) Anyway, I uh, I I wonder too. You remember how um. And this is the last thing we'll talk about, Shohei, and then we'll get into the Board of Governors thing. Remember how Vince Carter, there's a, bu- Left. there's a bunch of Canadian players who were like, I started playing basketball because of Vince Carter. Yes. And some of them are dominating the NBA right now, like SGA, 
uh, is having like a crazy season where he's averaging 31 points. Um, those, I wonder if Otani were to come mm-hmm. and he were to do something, mm-hmm. anything, if they were to get deep in the playoffs. See, in Toronto, you don't even need to win. No. You just need to get deep. If they go deep in the playoffs and Shohei Otani and, and Vlad Guerrero and Bo Bichette and they're all superstars, you wonder how many kids will grow up playing baseball that wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, And I wonder if Canada gets a bump in 20 years of great talent that comes up because of it. Dude, like we've been talking about the, uh, the women's soccer team, the men's soccer team finally uh, had a bit of a bump. Uh, the Raptors championship, the TFC championship. Yeah, that was uh, big. I, like, I enjoyed that. I mean, even the, the Blue Jays with uh, a modicum of success on like the North American level. But like in Canada, we got man, the Sens almost made the final. Oilers almost made the final. Almost won the final. They made the final. Who? The Sens. Oh, in 2007. Hey. That was a long time ago now, man. Blame That's Steve. when I started making videos. I know. Um, the Jets almost made the final. Oh, the Habs did make the final. They made the final. There you go. It's not great. Meh. Not great. <laughs> that It would be very, very cool. Um, let's get to the Board of Governors meeting. And and here's the thing. You know the the, the nice, happy feeling that we've had? Uh, get ready to have that sucked out of the room because these are all Gary Bettman-related things. Now, before oh. I get to the Gary parts, Thanks, Adam. CJ had a bunch of uh, Gary tweets, so I'm just going to read CJ's. But um, the salary cap was... Pretty much confirmed at $87.7 million, nah. which is a $4.2 million or $4.25 million jump. <laughs> it uh, is go- here's the problem. Here's what Steve. Here, here's what the Steve timing does. of Steve. let me let me talk about this. Let me talk about this okay. for a second. Don't don't nam me yet. I, I didn't say now. So oh, was that a, the that? salary cap is going to be based on the previous year's revenue, meaning that the money that was already made that has already been made will will jump the salary cap next year. The problem is that when it jumps to $87.7 million, the speculation is it will stay there for a couple of years because of the regional sports network collapse, specifically like Bally Sports and teams like the Golden Knights having to do their own subscription service for you to watch games. And that is... What happened to 10? What's that? What happened? It was going to go up 10 or like 12. Well, that's what they speculated. And then the economy hit the bricks, man. Come on, guys. Grow up. Stop expecting good things from the NHL. It's like, well, what's that movie where uh, friggin' the little kid looks under his pillow and he finds a lump of shit and his dad's still like, there's no tooth fairy, idiot. <laughs> That's me with the NHL. Well, it will be a jump this year, but it does. It does call into question some of the contracts that teams have already signed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously the Leafs. I think the Leafs made the right call in resigning Austin Matthews. I don't think I think there's very very little criticism there, but it does make you wonder. Okay, not William Nylander specifically, but the the players who are making the seven to nine million dollar deals that over the long term are good. But if they are not like you look at Jack Hughes making eight and a half nine million dollars, didn't Darlene just sign for ten and a half? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Has that signed? Has that been signed yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering. <laughs> there were so many false alarms. I'm wondering. Yeah, I just. I, yeah, Dolly and I just. just I lost track. Um, I'm wondering what this will do for free agency this year. Obviously, people are going to spend like wild, wild people. But then, I think next year at this time, when you got a team that's supposed to be good struggling out of the gate, whoever they are, because it always happens. 
we're going to be locked into a hard cap again, mm -hmm. and we're going to be facing the exact same problem with a very uncertain future about the cap going up in 2025. And it was 11, by the way, on Dolly. 11 mil. Ooh, even better. Yep. I think uh, he's worth it. I don't, I'm not worried about Dolly. Ah, it's going to go up. It's always the middling guys. I'm not worried about that. It was like, like for the Leafs, like, is it their, is it their top end players causing them trouble? Not really. It's, you know, it was John Klingberg making 4 million bucks that held them back from doing other things. That's, those are the contracts you got to watch out for. I'm just, I'm disappointed about the, uh, the, the fact that the cap likely won't go up much more after this year. Um, but I do feel validated. I'm tired of this is speculation, by the way. Uh, yeah, this is like you, do, cap, you don't get to feel that the reality yeah, we're sitting in right now is that the cap is going up to the maximum amount it can go up, mm -hmm. which is very good news. No. Yeah. And and the NHL revenues are up two hundred million dollars. This is how they get and, you. And the this revenues, is how they get you. The revenues are so high that they are openly talking about how expensive it was to book the sphere for this draft. This is how they get you. I think they're bragging they about you, the money they spent. When do you ever hear owners do that? Never. <laughs> Literally, it's usually buy. cut, cut, cut. You know, so it's a it's a good economic situation for the NHL currently as we sit today. You also have to I look at. So. I think you also have to look at the economy in the states versus the economy in Canada. In in the states, so Canadians, our government won't call it a recession because that's really bad for politics, but. Uh, they by, probably should. By all measures, it's a it's a recession, uh, except for a little bit of funny math. In the states, their economy is recovering much quicker, and that's because it's a far more diversified economy. There's more people. It's a bigger market, obviously. And by the way, when they go up, so do we. So that's good for us. We're just a little bit behind them. Are so we, we are in for a little bit more pain than they are. I Aren't think. we smaller than California? We're as a country, not, roughly the same size. About about the same yeah. size in terms and, of population. And the uh, California economy, I think, is bigger than Canada's. Okay. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> but you know, I think the 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 point I'm trying to make here is that I'm 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 not ready to jump on the oh the cap's going to stay flat the next year. I'm ready for it not to go up four million dollars again. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for it to go up two. But I do think what's going to be really interesting over the next six months is the NHL figuring out a business plan for the distribution of its product. And, yeah. and the reason I say that is, if the revenues don't go up, it's squarely on NHL head office. You can't blame this on Bally Sports. It's your product. If Bally Sports can't deliver on its agreement, or and I'm not just, I don't want to single out just Bally. There's great people that work there, but the business, the business model is going out of date. Everybody wants regional rights to go away so blackouts don't exist, frankly. Um, so it's up to these men in their 70s to figure out the internet age and how to distribute their content properly. And by the way, the NBA is facing the same problem too. They are having to look at things and go, okay, how are we, like you've got the Phoenix Suns putting out over the air antennas to, to, their, uh, to people in their jurisdiction just so they can watch Suns games. I, I wanna know from the NHL what their plan is to distribute these rights properly. Because if I was in, if I was in the NHLPA and if the NHL actually, PA actually had teeth, which it doesn't, I would be asking, okay, so I understand that we've got a regional sports issue. What are you going to do about it? Because guess whose job it is? It's your job. Yep. It's your job. It's your job to figure this out. And I've seen nothing concrete, and I've never even heard a question about it. That's the part that bothers me is I would love to go there and ask them about that and go, what are you going to do about the regional rights? It's not about what Bally can do. Bally's business model 
uh, and the regional sports business model is not working anymore and probably won't be here in 10 years. So what are we going to do now? The NBA or certain NBA teams almost seemed like excited at the prospect of doing it on their own. Of course. Like who was it? Was it the, well, they get the Jazz or the, or the Phoenix Suns who sent out all the antennas? The antenna. Oh, sorry. Suns. Suns. Yeah. I'm sure the Jazz are doing something too, but I, I don't know. Yeah. They're trying to steal an NHL team is what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're to trying do. to do that too. Yeah. Uh, and there, I've got some information on that. I just think this is where the NHLPA needs to step up and go, listen, you, you've hold, held us to this deal, this collective bargaining agreement that we both went to. What are you serving this business? That we are partners in because that's how the union and the NHL are looked at, right? They're looked at business partners. Are you serving this partnership well? Are you doing your fiduciary duty? Good word. And well, that's what it's called. Are you doing right by your business partners in this particular deal? And I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen them move their ass. And I'm, I'm curious about that because these are all rich people who like making money. I'm really curious as to why. There hasn't been a more active approach from the NHL on this one. I think we're at this weird stage. Every conversation I have about this business, um, media in general, especially since, um, you know, uh, we joined this company full time, is no one really knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of questions out there. We're at this really strange transitional time where um remember how difficult it was just to be heard as a like blogger for example to be taken seriously or as a podcast just to be taken seriously it was seen as the stupid goofy hobby and it's been obvious to us for a number of years that like podcasts and shows in the digital space do comparable if not bigger numbers than traditional media well there's no question about it now especially in toronto there's podcasts like this. We do we do bigger numbers than the radio stations. Yes. End of story. End of story. And some of the professional sports games. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, uh, we do three shows a week uh, that could fill Scotiabank Arena four times over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, people are starting to. A lot of the traditional media is going away. But they're not going to go away all at once. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the digital media is pushing their way into the door. But they're not going to let them in all at once. Uh, and they're also not going to let them trickle in is like what I've been told. Um, and people really don't like these regional blackouts. But that's kind of a deeply ingrained piece of traditional media. And well, then some new form of media is going to come in like an Amazon or whatever, but they're not there yet. And I, I think the reason we don't have any answers, Adam is they don't have them either. I think we're at this really interesting point in media, at least in North America, I can't speak for Europe or the rest of the world, but where they're, they're trying to figure this shit out because they have no idea what the next move is. Everyone's just sitting on their hands and waiting to see what happens. I've always felt <clears throat> that the answer is pretty, pretty easy. And I think the NHL had it 10 years ago, which is they had give our network a million dollars. NHL center ice. Oh, you could watch games. Ice surfing. No, not ice surfing. NHL center. Ice. No, I think it should be ice um, where you could just have a subscription, watch game. Shouldn't that be it? 
I don't understand. And it's funny because the people have been talking about for years how the subscription model has to change and it can't be whatever. And and we're seeing like Disney Plus falter a little bit and and or is it yeah it's Disney Plus yeah and and some of the other ones not do as well. But like Amazon and Prime and sorry Amazon Prime and Netflix and whatever they're doing fine. Like what we're seeing now is Netflix and some other uh, places have a subscription tier mm-hmm. that allow, that has commercials and then a subscription tier that does not. Yep. That's all the NHL has to do. And then farm out your sources, farm out your sales. That's it. You don't want to have a sales team? Fine. Have somebody else do it. I am regularly amazed at, like, dude, I'm scrolling on TikTok on my phone in Sweden and all the ads are Swedish. <laughs> I was like, wow, how did it even know? I didn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, yes, I did tell you by turning on my phone in another country. Yeah. I, I I really think a lot of the problems that we face are problems that were easily predictable, like at least half a decade ago. And because we weren't proactive about them, now we're scrambling as an entire industry. And we're all just waiting to see how it shakes out. We need We need like one or several different people to be brave, basically. And... The right people don't always step up to the plate. Sometimes you have ill-meaning psychopaths who go, I'm going to buy this uh, you know, app as a meme and lose more money than any other human being on in the history of the earth has lost. And then go on TV and tell people to go fuck themselves if they don't spend with us. And we're like, all right, perhaps that's not Batman and more Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, we, need, <laughs> we need some Batman billionaires to, to show up and fucking... Save this thing a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Not save this thing. Change this thing. Change this thing. At the end of the day, people still want to watch sports. They want to be entertained. Uh, and they want to do it from the comfort of their own home. They want it to be easy and they want it to be inexpensive. It's not that complicated. It really feels like it shouldn't be. You're able to spend like a billion dollars on a comic book movie and make money off of it. Like this. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, because you've fucking done them all. Everything's a remake. But live sports, there's something beautiful about it because it's new every time. Mm -hmm. You know how many ways or how many times I've been like, well, I've said all there is to say about the Leafs, and then they lose to one of their own employees? (laughs) I'm routinely (laughs) amazed. Mm hmm. There's there's nothing interesting to talk about. It's November, it's December. And then the Coyotes come out of nowhere and do something no team has done since like the like the Second World War. And that's beat every previous Stanley Cup champion. The last 5. That's crazy. It's beautiful. And I just I just want us to enter the the next millennium with this thing. Hey, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We've talked about our mental health Often on this show. Mm. And you know, frankly, over the last few years, there's been a lot of reasons to. Why? What happened? Uh, exactly. Mm. Uh, we're wondering about that, uh, about the last half decade, honestly. Um, BetterHelp is a great place for you to take a second, have an outside party, look at you, look at your life. You can explain things. You can talk things out. And what's great is that they're interested but disinterested, as in they're they're a neutral party. They can help you with things. Right. I'm still, I'm just getting back on track. I thought you talked about throwing an actual party outside. No. And I was like, (laughs) but it's cold. No, exactly. No, I'm talking about somebody coming into your life and going, hey, how can we make things a little bit better for you so you can get through each day and 
and get closer to the happiness that you want. BetterHelp is a great place to do it. And uh, we're offering uh, a really great spot, a really great deal. Uh, visit BetterHelp.com STP today to get 10% off your first month. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash STP. Hey, I just want to shout out the Tim Hortons Western Canada Pod Hockey Championship. Stephen Burness reached out to us. He's the events leader for the city of Chestermere in Alberta, a beautiful place to visit and live. Uh, this is from December 27th to 29th. Chestermere has hosted the Pond Hockey Championship annually for six years. Uh, uh, tons and tons of people go. 15,000 attendees wow. per day. What are the dates? Uh, December 27, 28, 29. Those are the perfect dates for ODR. Mm. It's it's because December is like that good temperature where you can do things outside. Yes. January through March, it's too cold, and then the snows like just the fluttering, like it's in a movie. Yeah, perfect dates for this. Al also, Alberta cold is different than here cold because there's oh, no yeah. there's no um, uh, humidity in the air, mm -hmm. so the cold doesn't feel as bad mm -hmm. or as wet. Like the snow doesn't feel it doesn't stick to your clothes in the same way. It, it's really weird, but it's different. They have they started with two rinks. Uh, and like a hundred, and then by the third year, they were at four rinks at hundred kids this year, 14 rinks, a thousand players. And like I said, 17,000 people a day, it's a huge community event. So, uh, it also supports a lot of community foundations like the local food bank, food bank, excuse me, the Chestermere Women's Crisis Society. Um, so it is for primarily minor hockey kids. So if you're going there, expecting to have a few beers and light people up, it's for the kids. <laughs> Um, they are partnering with ODR Hockey Heroes, by the way, for the event. Uh, but uh, Google it, Tim Hortons Western Canada Pond Hockey Championship. Gary Bettman said the construction hasn't begun on the arena needed for the 2026 Winter Olympics in Milan. He calls it a matter of some concern. Yeah. Now, here's what here's what I don't want. I, first off, everybody was dunking on the Coyotes arena situation. Me. Uh, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, if you've paid attention to Olympic construction over the last uh, few Olympics, you'll know that most of them are not finished until like the week before. It sounds like he's angling to not go. Oh, he doesn't want to go. There's they they presented three different issues about how like is if we, if we don't solve these things, then how are we going to go? And I think it was the insurance, the facilities, and the lodging. Those are those are the three. And to to start the conversation with a, a list of issues you got with the Olympics, you don't want to go. It's the only thing he's specific about. Do you notice that? Yeah. Yes. No, that's is such a great point because you go through that whole press conference. And when did Gary sit up and be the most passionate when he gets to talk about not sending the players to the Olympics? It's so it's so bullshit. Is okay. It, is, am I maybe looking at this the wrong way? Cause, okay, in the NHL's defense, which I'll never do, um, I'm sure the International Olympic Committee is not the easiest to work with. No, I can't imagine. No, or terrible. the most honest or the best business partners, et cetera. But when Gary starts talk to, talking about things like lodging, I'm like, isn't that an NHLPA issue? No. No, it's, it's an it's a joint issue between yeah. the two. It's and frankly, that's all of them. We've had that issue in Russia. We had that issue, I believe, in Japan. Mm -hmm. I think we had that issue in South Korea, uh, where these things were not done close to, and they get it done because construction always runs over time. It always runs over budget. That's why people don't want the Olympics in their city because it's a fucking nightmare in terms of cost. Weren't weren't journalists complaining about like their hotel room had like leaks? Oh yeah, or, or like the happens, faucet fell off. By the way, or this happens. Like this that. isn't new. This happens every Olympics. Yeah. Maybe not Nagano. Maybe I'm wrong about Nagano, but I meant I the know. not Nagano. The, it was, it was I mean, Sochi, I mean the wasn't it? Sochi for sure. 
Do yeah. you do you remember when uh, the Olympics were in Rio? Yes. And <laughs> yes, you I know do. What's weird? No. When was that? Uh, 2016, 15? 20, 2000. No, I forget. I Around that. there. 2016. It was yeah. all the crazy soccer 20, stadium. 2016. <laughs> it was when um, Team USA had le- all the big guys. Like LeBron went down there and, and Wade and all of them. And, and you know what the Team USA basketball did? The women's and the men's side. They stayed on a cruise ship. They stayed on a yacht. They they bought the biggest fucking yacht in the world and they docked it next to the Olympics and they stayed there and because they said these these athletes are too important. We're not staying in your dinky Olympic village that you built, you know, because yeah. because I remember the conditions in Brazil, like they weren't up to standard. They eventually got them there. But like going into it, there was these same issues. The lodging isn't done. Everything's not done the last minute. They got it all done. But Team USA with their big international stars said we're not dealing with this we're buying a cruise ship and docking it and the nhl never seems to just do the thing where it's like forward thinking mm. you know it's like let's just solve this issue let's just and buy a yacht let's just get it done for it so we can do the end goal which is have these players go play in the olympics and, and think about how badass that would be you got you got like team canada staying in a where, where what would they do in in uh put them up in a fucking hotel or something <laughs> who cares i don't care where they stay as by, long as they're happy by the hotel like it's milan is there is there a is there a i'm sure board? there's somewhere know. to stay in the entire country <laughs> i don't i don't know is italy known for its tourism <laughs> Jeez. Yes. like these are fake problems gary you can solve these issues you can't solve the facility the arena being built yourself but it's gonna be built they're not gonna not build the rink that's my right. point. that's why it's such a stupid problem like you show up and, and you're like hey there's no rink and they go Oh, oh, we forgot. Shit. Oh, shit. We forgot to ah. put the ice down, you guys. Oh, no. This is oh, the thing, but God, this happens Gary. at the Olympics. So this is the, that. but what 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 it, the problem it presents for the PA is this is really going to be a test of uh, whether or not the PA has got any bite. And I suspect that they'll back down on this one. Uh, but uh, if the PA and its new leadership really have any power or any teeth or they're really willing to flex their muscles, the whole point of the collective bargaining agreement that was signed over the pandemic, right, during COVID, was so these guys could eventually get back to the Olympics. That was the whole point. That's the only reason they signed it. They really wanted to get back to the Olympics. And, the, you know, obviously the star players within the NHLPA are the ones most likely to play at it. They're the ones with the most sway. So if Marty Walsh is going to really take this PA thing and, and be a powerhouse again, they got to get they got to get there. And... It seems like, and this is a very Gary Bettman thing. It's just okay? a negotiation. Ploy. This is, it's a negotiation ploy. I don't. He's think already coming up with excuses why they can't do it, and and he's going to try to extract something else out of the PA. If they don't go, yeah, this could be a turning point for the NHLPA because He'll to retire? me, no, no, oh. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, can, uh, I, can I think this could be a turning point because the star players would be so pissed that they might actually get involved. Wow, that's crazy. Well, because we've done this before. Every team's representative and then like vice representative or whatever. I would love to go through it and see how many of those guys have even a snowball's chance in hell of making their Olympic teams. Few of them do. The very, very few. Um, I don't think I'm I'm gonna be watch this. I'm gonna be an optimist here. I don't think they're actually in danger of not going to the Olympics. Okay. But Gary is definitely using this um, as a negotiation ploy, like you said, to extract something. If you want to go bad, and we know you do, here's what you need to give us. 
because right now we got some concerns. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to do it. He's they'll have to cave on something, but I think they'll eventually go. I hated the way Bill Daly in particular phrased spoke. <laughs> looked into a camera, appeared in front of a camera, has a job with the NHL. Oh, sorry. Did you say something? Or sorry. What What was it? Specifically this time, I hated yeah, yeah. the way he phrased the concerns because he spoke about it because when they're talking about, um, which one was the arena in particular, it, it not being built because um, they they want they want it to be built like a year in advance. And they're saying, oh, it's not going to be It won't be. It, it just they, won't be. They said they're already late. And, you know, I think that's something the players are going to be really concerned concerned about ah, and he, you don't give a shit <laughs> they were talking about these issues and and his quotes he's saying this is what the players are going to be complaining about what happens when the players come out and they go no we're not you know and then <laughs> no we're not and then uh cj in his reporting in the athletic you know he, he said they talked to the nhlpa and the nhlpa headquarters is more positive as far as things are getting figured out but even from the players union there's no denying there's issues above uh, above by the league, like there's there's issues, but the NHLPA is speaking positively about them because they're not real issues. Because there's two years till the Olympics, 2026. Yes, why? They can they the way, these things. They're expecting the Coyotes to build an arena in less time than that. You know oh. what? I don't know why this is like. Are we kidding? And here's the other question I have. And again, why does nobody ask this? Um, you know, there's a hockey team in Milan. No, a professional League One Italian team in Milan which currently plays in Stadio del Gaccio Agora. Uh, wow, that was really, that was quite nice. Let's capacity, break some wind. Capacity of 4,000, similar to Mullet Arena. <laughs> so if you have, and I'm not, again, I'm, I'm actually not trying to dunk on the Coyotes on this one. You have an NHL team playing in a capacity of about 4,000. It's not enough. Is the Olympics... It like so so if the hockey arena if they never lay a brick you still have an NHL sized arena in Milan an NHL sized it no you don't <laughs> but you do no we don't consider no, the Coyotes the we NHL don't, considered we don't see, consider okay. Mullet Arena an NHL sized Coyotes fans <laughs> I, I made a lot of you upset yesterday you know Adams what Adam is saying not even cheekily is just the objective truth it's an NHL sized arena right now because it's in the <laughs> NHL. Like, tell me it's not what it's if dunking on your team is saying the literal truth, you have a problem. For example, the Leafs haven't made it to the Stanley Cup final since 1967. That is both the literal truth and a dunk. They don't play in a building. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. I saw someone go, oh, man, you know, well, I've been to Scotiabank and I've been to Mullet Arena and Mullet had a better atmosphere. That's great. But you know um, what uh, Scotiabank Arena uh, does have the ability to do is uh, be in a National Hockey League, be in the best hockey league in the world for a sustained period of time. You got me going, Adam. You got me also going. Remember, and we're not even talking about this. We're talking about the Olympics. Also remember, too, that you know, going back to the salary cap thing, one of the drags on the salary cap that was reported by TSN is the Coyotes Arena situation. I, they are not able to contribute money to the pot and it's dragging down hockey-related revenue. And I, I, I've been saying that for years. No one's talking about that either. It's if if you are playing in an arena that is a quarter the size of everybody else's arena. Yeah, you are not going to be able. You're going to take more oh, money. It's less from the, than that. hundred percent. So the so the, again, the PA should look at this and go, guys, mm-hmm. hockey-related revenue. Yep. They can't. It's not even possible for them to draw to to make a profit and to add to this. Here, I'll make it abundantly clear. 
The Arizona Coyotes as a hockey team, I love in the cockles of my heart. The Arizona Coyotes as a franchise can burn in hell for what they've and, done. And so when you when what what makes the comments on the arena in Milan disingenuous, and you know what Gary's doing, um, is it, what makes it disingenuous is the fact that there is an arena in North America that an NHL team is playing in mm-hmm. that is the exact same size as the arena that pre-exists in Milan. Why does it have to be 10,000? Why does it have to be 20,000? Well, the whole point of going is to have a best-on-best tournament in front of the entire world, not in front of a tiny pocket of people in a less-than-junior-hockey-sized arena. A thousand percent, and I agree with you on that. But I'm just suggesting that, like, let's... That's not a stumbling block. Adam, that's If the sounds- NHL was committed to this, they'd be saying, well, listen, there is an arena there. We're concerned that the arena hasn't even been built yet. Uh, but but there is an arena there. And no matter what, we're going to play hockey in Milan and it's going to be great and it'll be televised and amazing. It sounds like a great uh, location for a practice rink. Uh, on the 2018 World Junior uh, World Junior team, the Canadian team uh, investigation, uh, Gary Bettman essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, well, no, actually I get the direct quote, process is continuing and we're trying to bring it to a conclusion. It's complicated. It hasn't been easy for a whole host of reasons, but we're continuing uh, progress on the progress. So that's a non-answer. Is it progress it's on more the progress than he said on the previously. To his credit, the saying that they're trying to bring it to a conclusion is actually more information than he's given previously because he used to just say, it's I don't ongoing, know, it's an ongoing <laughs> investigation. Like you got to ask me about it when it's on my desk or whatever he'd like to say. But now he's saying that it's a difficult process and they're trying to bring it to a conclusion is actual information like this is an enormous I mean, it's a headache because literally every time he sits in front of a microphone, someone asks him about it um, because they're doing their job. And also when it drops, it's going to be an enormous headache for him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be almost every player from that team has an NHL contract. So they're either in the minors or in the NHL uh, right now on a roster playing tonight, maybe on your fantasy team. You might have their jersey. like, yeah. And it's going to be a really, really, really big issue when? And I have absolutely no idea. It's not it's not a hockey issue, you know. It's not an NHL specific issue. It is a, a legal investigation that involves the London police. So yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of things they got to do here. Yeah, but like from his perspective, oh yeah, like his day to day job, it mm-hmm. will it it is a legal issue, but it'll become a hockey issue really fast. Yeah, no, it's both. Yes, yeah. yes I've heard yes. from people though that, uh, and again, this is just hearsay that this is an unprecedentedly like the it's unprecedented how long this is. Now, I have also heard from other people that part of why this is so complicated and long is because um, we've got an underfunded jurisdiction um, that has a a backup of other cases that they have to get to first. So what happens is you've got um, you've got like they did their initial investigation, right? Found nothing. Shocking. How, How did they find nothing? It's crazy. And then they, when they restart the investigation, it's not like it jumps to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. They get other stuff done. Oh, we got a to-do list here before we can even get to you. And that's probably what the holdup is. Um, and and so that's, I mean, I, I think in the States, it might be a little bit different. I don't know enough about policing, but I think on a high profile case, usually they get snapped to and get it done. Whereas in Canada, it's like, no, you'll wait your turn. And I don't know, I don't care what philosophy you are, what which, which is right and which is wrong. We did hear rumors this summer 
uh, that that certain teams were preparing for a publicity nightmare and uh, nothing ever happened. So I know I, I believe they're close. And I I'm just curious about is what they're doing right now a because they're going to stage manage this. The NHL will stage manage this. Hockey Canada will stage manage this. The London police will stage manage this. All three of them look really bad right now. Hockey Canada, obvious. NHL, well, these players weren't in the NHL then, but they are now. So that's obvious. Why does this look bad for the London police? It looks bad because you investigated it after it happened. After it happened. It does make the previous investigation look laughably negligent. So if they come in and they and they drop a whole, well, we found so much stuff. If they come in and they drop that, how does that make them look politically? Oh, yeah. So that's that's a, a force here, too. I'm curious about that one. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's listen, if they come in and they've uncovered the whole thing and we find out all the details, which I don't think we will. I think there'll be a lot of NDAs. Um, I think it's going to be uh, people are going to have rightful questions about what happened in 2018 and what what's different now five years later do you think it's possible they don't actually release the names they just simply yes i do th think those those players just stop playing if there are no criminal charges the names will not be released that's my oh well yeah no if there's no criminal charges yeah we'll never know but if there are charges can't you can't block that i don't think i don't know i don't think you can i have no idea man this yeah. this is uh this is there's a reason why rick Westhead has spearheaded all all this. Like mm -hmm. this is above uh, most people in hockey's pay grade. Um, the last the last thing uh, is Darren Drager reported that um, the Coyotes are getting very close to final. They're in the midst of finalizing a piece of land in the Phoenix area to build an arena. Let's go. They're going to announce the project next month. Okay. So they're kicking off the new year with a big announcement. And Great. Ready, I'm ready to hear that. Good for them. I'm good for that. Hooray. And the question will be, and this is what I think we need to do is, who are you betting on to finish their arena first? Milan or <laughs> Well, when's the Milan Olympics? 26. They anticipate the Milan arena is going to be done uh, the back half, Q3 of 2025. So I'm going to say Milan. 18-month build? Yeah. Milan. Yeah, I think Milan beats the Coyotes. Yeah. And I actually believe them on this one. I I oh, believe the Coyotes completely on this one. I do too. And listen, they haven't even said anything. Listen, there's going to be a lot of victory laps and dancing and whatever when they finally get in there. Um, and I'll stand by it. Um, you know, I get to dunk on that franchise's uh, shitty, shitty, very shitty burden of a situation um, as long as it's the truth. They are a drag on the league right now. And when they're no longer a drag on the league, I'll be right there celebrating with you. There you go. I want it to be a better league. Um, guys, what happens when the Toronto Maple Leafs are reported to be interested in a player? Uh, a lot of people go, ooh, and people lose their minds positively and negatively. What's it do for media organizations? Oh, it's it's a spicy meatball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's dinner, clicks. dinner time. So... When the name Rasmus Ristolainen and the Toronto Maple Leafs came up yesterday. And what was hilarious is that the... So Rasmus Ristolainen and Sean Walker, who's having a crazy good year in Philadelphia. And the Flyers are are right outside of the playoffs right now. Uh, you should look them up. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of good for them. Mm -hmm. It's very John Tortorella. Blood from a stone. Rasmus Ristolainen, the quote associated with it was that the Leafs would be interested in him, especially in the playoffs for his play in the playoffs. 
And people were like, hey, wait a second. Rasmus Ristolainen has played zero career games in the playoffs. He's never set foot in the Stanley Cup And then playoffs. people were like, well, you don't know. You didn't hear what I said. What I said was the style of play, the style of play that he plays would be useful in the playoffs. I'm sorry. This, this story, I can see the Leafs being interested in Sean Walker. I can't see them being interested in Rasmus Ristolainen for any reason ever. He plays like a big asshole. Yeah. He does. He's got some offensive gifts sometimes. Yeah. And he's a big asshole. He's also really not good at defense, which is generally frowned upon for defense. He also makes $5.1 million this year, next year, the year after, and 27, or sorry, and sorry, three years. So this, uh, no, no, four. So this year, 24, 25, 25, 26, and 26, 27. Uh, like you're retaining half, you're taking Reeves. You're giving a first at minimum. Like, there's no, I don't understand well, um, and, where this comes from or how it makes sense. And that's why I think it's kind of bullshit. I think it's bullshit. And yeah. I think that is a intelligent Philadelphia Flyer front office saying, because they are intelligent now, saying, mm -hmm. how do we drum up interest in getting this guy out of town? Who reported this? Uh, it was reported by several, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. Was it because, reported by several sources or did they retweet one? Uh, exactly. Because if you if you actually do like a Google News search for Rasmus Ristolainen mm -hmm. to the Leafs, nobody's written about it. None of the insiders have written about Anthony it. Anthony DeMarco is one of the guys that uh, uh, he is from the fourth period. Um, and somebody else that tweeted about it was Dylan Robillard from uh, he's a Flyers journalist uh, from a couple different outlets. And if you go into... Uh, Anthony DeMarco, I believe his name is, is, into his article, he doesn't say like anybody, the Leafs are trading for Rasmus Ristolainen. He says that Sean Walker's name, uh, they might want to hold on to him. So the next logical step would be for Rasmus Ristolainen. And Elliot Friedman what? said that the Leafs want to right shot defenseman. So uh, they tied those two together. But nobody really reported it. It was just kind of an assumption like, hey, here's a logical conclusion here. And then it kind of... It, off like wildfire. It was great. So, but no, but no. If nobody writes about it, like CJ doesn't write about it, LeBron Friedman, nobody actually writes about it. Then you guys, what? I, I probably, still think it's worth talking. Probably about. not real. I, why, why is it always a bad defenseman that when these rumors happen, it's never. You know what? I heard the Leafs are in on Kale McCarr. Like, <laughs> why couldn't it be him? Because give me Kale. Because if you're if you're and then again, I don't know. I don't know what the source is here, but if you're if you're in Philadelphia and you're trying to drop a player that you clearly do not want, why wouldn't you be like uh, Leafs Ristolainen? Because you know it's going to get play, and yeah. then you hope somebody else goes. Well, the Leafs are wanting him. Maybe maybe we should take a second look at this guy. And and that's that happens all the time. All wasn't, the time. Wasn't there a story? I it's it was years and years and years ago. But it was Lou Lamorello, I believe he gave an interview, a rare interview where he actually said something, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it Berkey? I can't remember. It was one, one of the two, but it involved Lou Lamorello. And there was a rumor out there about Patrick Eliash. And it was completely fabricated. Like it, it had no basis in reality. But because it got out there, a GM called and said, what's, uh, what's this about Patrick Eliash? Well, let's let's talk a little bit. And I don't know if a deal became of it, but I do think that sort of thing happens. Oh, 
Hundred percent. Well, what's uh, what's what's all this? Things get floated all the time. What's all this? All the time. I will tell you this. So, so what Friedman did say, uh, and and I think and CJ and Julian had a whole thing about like what's next here. Uh, Friedman said on Thirty Two Thoughts, uh, the Leafs are going to have clarity on Klingberg this week. We talked about this Monday where they can't make a move until they know what this guy's going to do. So by the end of the week, we should know. Um, uh, he said he also mentioned that Sean Walker not high on their list. And there is a feeling around the league that the Leafs can sign Tanev. Um, and to they, an extension. Yes. So if they if they did trade for him, they could sign him long term. And he's from here. So you can understand why they would want to do that. Why but you I, would want to do that. I'm curious about like now the Flames are talking about how they want to hang on to this guy, which, again, I think is just trying to drive up his price. Art. Um, is Tanev the guy? Are they aiming high enough? And he's a great defenseman, but are they aiming high, high enough? Why not? I mean, okay, how many right-handed D have they had better than him ever since Matthews joined the NHL? I don't know, probably not many. I think the answer is. Let me Zero? think about it. Zero. That's it's been bad. For, okay, who's in? Who's who's a contender? Lilligren. Like actual right shot, not actual right, right shot, not Brody, not Hainsey, lefties who played right. I'm talking about there's so there's Lilligren. Muzzin was a left shot, left shot. Um, Klingberg, Tyson Berry, mm -hmm. Justin Hall, mm -hmm. earnestly might be the best. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Played the most games, probably put up the most points. Like Barry is in the one or two conversation. I'm not even kidding. Cody Cece. Yeah. Yeah. Tanev is, uh, that's a, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll take Chris Cody. Tanev. No, I listen. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I'm just saying Luke you Shen. Talk, you talked about a second ago, like, <clears throat> like there, Chris Tanev comes with a few red flags. He's 34 mm -hmm. long injury history has yeah. been relatively healthy the last couple of years. And has played well. Yeah. And brought block shots with his face. There's I'm not trying to denigrate Chris Tanev. But are we are we not aiming high enough here? Are we trying to do this by committee when we really do need something that's more of a centerpiece guy? And I maybe think, that's just not available. I think the problem, yeah, the problem is teams aren't stupid. Um, we wish there were. There'd be so much more content. Occasionally they are. Occasionally they are, but you know, you go, hey, I'd like a franchise altering right-handed defenseman. Do you have a spare one? there's no NHL team that's like, yes, we have a spare one. Here you go. There, there are NHL teams that are like, yeah, we have two. And you go, can we have one of them? And they go, no, keeping them. We're keeping them on account of it's good to have one. Imagine how good having two is. It's uh, they're not available, man. They're not available. They're very rarely available. Tyson Berry is available. Mm -hmm. So, if he's the best righty you've ever had in the Matthews era, which is possible. They do you, want a puck-moving defenseman back there. That's why they signed Klingberg. He would fit the bill. Dude, he'd 100% <laughs> fit the bill. <laughs> he would fit the bill. Familiar with the market. Familiar with the coach. Played well with Keith. Uh, like, really well with Keith. I, I hazard... I, I dare say it might even be a, a decent idea. Can't To bring back Tyson Berry? Couldn't even be much. Couldn't even uh -oh. cost much. I mean, if the other option is fucking Rasmus Ristolainen yeah. or some defenseman who the Flyers don't even want to let go of because, because he's too good, like Tanev's not going to remain a flame. He's not. 
So what are we? They're doing? trying is the is the latest word. Yeah, they're, they're allegedly. And why yeah. would he want? I'm just trying to figure out why he'd want to. All right, I, I don't. Know, other than Calgary's a great city, but I'm talking about like, there. Where's the franchise going while he's still able to play really good minutes? But I think for them right now, it's you probably hold on to him till the trade deadline. Yes, like there's no reason to make this move in December with Tanev. No, not immediately. Make it, yeah, no, no but it's like the um. Uh, the other defenseman who just got traded, what Zadorov. is Zadorov trade? Like that's that was more immediate with the other teams, like Vancouver making cap space right now so they can do this deal. And there's a whole bunch of options there, and he wants out, and he's bad in the locker room and all this stuff. Like there was an immediacy mm-hmm. to it that usually doesn't happen. But with Tanev, like we could, we could be sitting here in February and be like, okay, where's Tanev going? Now I hope we are. I I do think there's a connection here with. Uh, do you have Philip Broberg on there? Adam? I do. That's the next one. Yeah, I think there's a connection. Why? Because I think that's a player who wants out of Edmonton, shoots right, plays D. And Edmonton loves former Leafs. <laughs> they love former Leafs. They but I, I think the connection there is the agent is like, all right, I'm going to make a big fuss about my player wanting to get out of here because the market is hot for right-handed D right now. So if anybody, uh, if, you, if, you, if you haven't caught this, Ken Holland and Darren Ferris's next meeting, to be a fly on the wall for that would be fabulous. Mm-mm. Ken Holland says he has not granted permission for Darren Ferris to shop for a Broberg trade. The quote, I have not granted permission for Darren to shop Broberg. The Ferris response is, this matter reflects both my and my client's frustration with the Oilers. I'm actively collaborating with Ken to address and resolve the issue privately. It came out yesterday. Daniel Nugent Bowman, Ryan Rashog, a few other reports. Yeah, this said, is, this is one, said to them, unlike the Rasmus Vistalainen one, where if you're not on Twitter, you probably didn't know Rasmus yeah. Vistalainen was going anywhere. This is one that actually exists. Blue, blue up. Yeah. And, 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 and Darren Ferris basically gave everybody in the media the impression that uh, Broberg, they, they were actively able to search for a trade. A lot of times, as we've learned through Allen, um, the agent is the one that facilitates the initial trade. Now, uh, Darren Hall- Ferris is the worst for this. Holland, Holland said, <laughs> I didn't do that. He is the worst for this because, Adam, how are the Oilers doing right now? Really good. Yeah. Really good. Well, they're not playing. And, he, and here he is. Yeah, but they've won, what is it, four straight? Yeah. They're doing really well. When we got that diatribe from him, about uh, Mitch Marner and his next contract years ago. I'll never let this go. It's true forever. Um, When we got that diatribe from Darren Ferris about Mitch Marner, it was on the day Matthew signed his extension. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This guy loves shitting on a parade. Well, I I wondered too, because I was reading a little bit about it this morning, and essentially they had sent the assistant coach over. I don't even know if the assistant coach is still employed, but they sent the assistant coach over uh, to Broberg's home. Um, They went over video footage. They did some coaching and stuff and got him ready to play with Matias Ekholm because it was supposed to be Nurse Bouchard, Ekholm Broberg. That was what they were going with. And then Ekholm loses the entire preseason and a good chunk and and is like injured. Mm -hmm. And then they start and get blown out twice by Vancouver in the first two games. Right. And then Broberg's played seven games since. And and so they switched the lines back up because obviously Nurse and Bouchard were not playing great at that time. No. And now they're winning and he's not playing. So Ferris needs to kind of do something here. This is a former first round pick from 2019, a guy that, again, I wonder... 2018. I thought he was 19. I thought it was 18. Okay, well, comes into a COVID problem in his formative years. Oh, yeah. And there are lots of players that are, are faced with this right now, as we saw with uh, Lassie Thompson in Ottawa, who was oh, yeah. dropped and then claimed again and then dropped and then claimed again. Um, I'm I'm curious about this player. 
Uh, I don't know what kind of value he has. I think anybody who is underperforming from the 2018 or 2019 draft year, I don't think they've got a ton of value because they are projects because they didn't play the hockey that they needed to play. And teams know that. I'm not sure. Like, like, and then Edmonton, for their part, and it was interesting because Darren Ferris leaked this whole thing to the media mm-hmm. and said, well, here's what Evans is looking for. They're not looking for draft capital. <laughs> They're looking for a player back. What kind of player are you going to get back for a player that's played nine games? Another project, I guess. Like, like here's here's so here's one thing Ferris is right about. He's right to fight for his client, hundred percent, um, to get to a market that's going to play him. Because this is a really pivotal year for players from those draft classes, the seventeens, eighteens, and nineteens. Because a lot of those guys are in the minors. Yeah, a lot of those guys have been waived, and a lot of those guys are like in Europe or somewhere. Like, um, uh, you, you know who was talked about recently? It was Philip Hollander for for his role oh, yeah. in the Jared McCann move and everything. And this guy might be a player. That's a second round pick, I think, from 2018. Guess where he is? Not North America. He's playing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Some of that is not his fault. Some of it, you know, naturally, it's going to be a player's fault if, if they don't make it. But these first and second round picks that people expected the sun and the moon out of, um, if you don't have a secure spot in the NHL by now, yeah, you better make some phone calls to Europe. Steve, can we revisit the Marner comments that always that, that Ferris made? Literally, after? Always. I feel bad for even attaching Marner's name to it. It's outside of the fact that he employs this person. No, yeah, because it wasn't. It was the agent that did this. No, this is these are Darren Ferris's words. Marner, at the time of these words, Jesse, when was this article from? No, let me do. Uh, are you ready to say what you're going to say? And then let me get in the dates. The dates are very important. He had this happy go lucky Easter Bunny Care Bear persona. He still does, but it was like blemish free, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his agent comes out and is the complete antithesis to everything Mitch is. Mm hmm. And this is when it started to turn a little bit in this market. Yep. Go ahead. Jeff. So you asked about the dates. The reason I held that back is because they're very important. You mentioned the Austin Matthews contract. Austin Matthews signed his first extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs on February 5th, 2019. Wow. Darren right. Ferris went to Dave Festcheck of the Toronto Star and made these comments on February 6th. Oh, it was the next day. The next day in 2019. He said, so far, they've been trying to lowball Marner. Speaking to Festchuk, Ferris claimed Marner has already done the Leafs a favor on his entry-level contract, with Festchuk citing that Matthews got both Schedule A and B bonuses, and Marner only received the Schedule A one. Right. The day after. (laughs) The day after Matthews celebrates his first giant extension with the Leafs, are there Ferris, more quotes? Are there uh, more quotes? He, there? Tr- he goes and then he joined Jeff Blair on radio and he tried to clarify um, what he was trying to say. Right. But the main what thing was is he trying to say. He said, uh, just to clarify, Mitch did get B bonuses, but the extended B they didn't do for him, which Luda, they did. Which Luda they didn't do that. Which they did for Austin. Yes, because Austin was the first overall pick and they waited until late August to sign him because he said, I'm literally not signing with you until you give me Schedule A bonuses. He well, says, yeah, people. People, People like, forget Lou, that. Lou, what's the illusion here? Yeah. All, every first round, first overall pick gets this. Just give it to him. Yep. And and also There's no argument against it. it like, let me just sorry, Jesse, to interrupt. But, I just but want to finish the quote. I just want to throw this. Darren Ferris was the one negotiating that. 
So he's the one that backed down and signed the contract. Uh-oh, Adam. Uh-oh. He said, just to clarify, Mitch did get B bonuses, but the extended B, di they didn't do it for him, which they did for Austin. Those are unattainable, unattainable bonuses for many of the league awards, and that's what I was referring to in terms of doing a favor, he told Jeff Blair. In terms of doing a favor. Now, there were, that is he, why. He no. claimed on their entry-level deal for Mitch Marner, he did the Leafs a favor. And this... This was February 6th. Yeah. Marner doesn't sign his deal until, I think, late September. Uh, sp uh, training camp started. It was a two days in. I want to say he signed like while they were on the road in Newfoundland or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or right around there. Yeah. And that's what we had for months. We're like, this dude is holding out because he didn't get a bonus when he was 19. And that mm -hmm. didn't turn out to be the case, by the way. No, but that was the narrative. That was the and narrative. Then we, yeah, we and whose out. fault is it? <laughs> the guy oh, who did the media. No, it's you. The guy who did both deals. His agent. The guy in charge of protecting him. Now, I mean, he did get him a fat payday. Yeah, but what happened was the if you remember, you know, they were they were talking about too when Babcock demoted Marner to the fourth line to punish him. Well, we didn't For know like two fucking games. What we didn't know until the summer was yeah. the 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 Babcock list story. And yep. frankly, I think there are more stories that occurred during that era of the Leafs that we have not heard yet because oh, that's yeah. just the way NHL dress. That's yeah. just the one we've heard. You're probably right. And so I think I think that they had a right to feel in retrospect to feel slighted on that one. The schedule B bonuses, that's just that's you as an agent, man. Mm -hmm. That is literally you. That's you. Mm. That's on you. So for him to put that on the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's like yeah. you, you did them a favor. In what world in business does anybody do themselves? <laughs> who's you're doing them a favor? Shut up! And then you're not doing anybody it, a favor, and then expecting it to be paid back to you yes. on the next one. I remember, That's absurd. Well, you know what? I've I've made that mistake. I've made that mistake. I signed a contract once, and the the company told me that the outgoing show that I was coming in to replace. Uh, they were still on the books for a payout term period. And so they said, we can't pay you what you uh, deserve to be paid because the, we still have to pay the outgoing show as well. So it's basically doubled our budget. So we're so you give us a few years. Uh, a give few us, years? Give us, well, on the end of your contract, we'll come back. So at the end of the contract, I came back and they said, don't remember the conversation. <laughs> so that... Uh, Which is, and I, I told them over and over again, had emails to support. Now we just won't. Nah. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> Subban. Subban with the Habs. It's my fault, though, by the way. It's my fault oh, that 100%. that happened. Yeah. I didn't negotiate. You, you took an IOU from, from a giant a, corporation. From a corporation. You should never That's do like, that. This idiot. <laughs> I was in my 20s. This I didn't know any dumbass. better. dumbass. <laughs> uh, Subban oh, with okay. the Habs. We, we told him that we'd get him on the other side. Yeah. Ah, what a fucking Three idiot. years from now, we'll get you all that money you should have been making. Yeah. <laughs> so Subban with the Habs, uh, I think he signed for less than three million bucks or something mm -hmm. like that for two years or whatever and th as the story goes he's like okay fine but the next contract will be nine yep. it will be nine per year and the hab said yeah, yeah, yeah whatever and then negotiation time came and he goes nine and they go what and he goes nine and that and then they said you're we don't like who you are yeah and then they they trade how dare him. you have a brand they traded him um, because let's be honest, they never really intended to have him on the books at nine mm -hmm. ever, but he went out and he won the Norris. 
Yeah, in, he the, won the Norris. You gave him a prove it deal. Yep. He proved it. The he couldn't prove it anymore. He maximized the prove it scale. Yeah, and like I've seen people argue, well, this guy should have won. That guy should. Nah. I don't care. Nominee, yeah. like even Norris nominee at two point something. Are you what a that's crazy. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. And I mean, but also. If Subban wanted to remain a hab for his whole career, and I think he did. Yeah, that's all he Don't talked about. Don't expect to get nine. The, well, next time around, it's going to be nine. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the GM you're negotiating with doesn't even know if he's going to be there in two years. Like, what are you talking <laughs> Bergevin about? Bergevin did, though. Bergevin. I mean, Bergevin had, you know. Bergevin yeah. could do anything. Jesus, he was and there he for did. a very long time and yeah. made a lot. And like you said, none of this is about Mitch. Like the, we're no. talking about his agent. But it, it, no, it, no, no, no. Yeah. Speaks to it. Speaks to what is happening right now between him and Holland. And I think you, uh, who is Zadorov's agent? Milstein, right? Dan Milstein. He just watched Milstein walk Zadorov out of town in three weeks. Hockey agent one. We are gold star. Hashtag Dan <laughs> <And> Milstein. <laughs> It's like unofficial. I had chicken soup this morning. Hashtag we are gold star. Yeah. Hockey agent one. Uh, Unofficial <laughs> assistant general manager of the Canucks. A hundred percent. He was a hundred. He was unofficial assistant GM of the Leafs for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, he had a lot of guys. A hundred percent. So I'm 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 looking at the Darren Ferris thing. And Darren is known for a couple of things. He's known for taking less commission than more, most agents in the league. He's known for oh. that. That's a that's part of his business plan. He's also known for making a stink on behalf of his clients. And there are other agents. I don't know. Maybe we know one. Alan. Who, who have to do that from time to time. Who That's a part of their thing. I just, I think with Broberg, what's going to be interesting is what the expectation is. If Because Zadorov had leverage. He had an expiring deal. He was a he was on a bad team. Several hundred NHL games under his belt. Yes. And and you know, three point seven five million dollars on the books that yeah, maybe the Flames don't want to pay him that. And he's not gonna sign an extension and hey, we're not even gonna offer him one. So let's trade him. Yeah. That that part of it made sense. For Broberg, he's twenty two years old. He's five or six years from unrestricted free agency if he gets there. If he gets there. Unless he doesn't get qualified. Like we're talking about a guy that needs to get to his next contract. Yeah. And he was supposedly a part of the Flames plans, but they fired the coach. Oilers. Sorry, uh, Oilers plans. But they have fired the coach who put that plan in motion. By the way, that was a very flawed plan. So I'm curious about what Darren Ferris believes the angle here will be that he will do. He'll be able to get his client out and playing for somebody else and playing legitimate games. He's obviously got an angle for this this player to not play for a team that's got cup ambitions. I don't think Broberg has proven himself to be an NHL defenseman on a team that has cup aspirations. And that's okay. He can he can go to a team that's a middling team or a team like the Blackhawks that are just not very good right now, get a bunch of minutes, and I guess we'll find out. Well, like but he deserves he deserves a reason or a, a, a way to find out, but he doesn't have any rights. Take the Leafs for example. They they need right-handed D. They had two university students at practice yesterday. Yeah. Um who's he push out of the lineup? Well, I don't. I Unless don't. Unless there's an injury, who does he push out? Yeah, like is he, like he might be an upgrade on Max Lejoie. Like I, I don't know. I don't see. I don't know enough about this player either, right? And I think a lot of GMs would be like, I don't even know what I'm getting. At least with my problem project, I know what the problems are. Yeah, I don't like, know what these problems are. Like if the Leafs were to get him, I'd be like, oh, cool, depth. But like, I don't think that's what he's looking for. 
I think he's looking for like a legitimate shot at playing consistent top six minutes in the NHL. And that's why I say he's got to go to a team that's thin on defense. Mm. Like super thin. I don't know if there's a decor in the league. And like, I don't know enough about the player. That's an insult to him. Like you need to, it sounded like it. It's no, no, no. Here, here, let me, let me put it this way. It's, it's, it's two things. There's gotta be a need. And there's also gotta be a willingness to let him struggle into the role. Right. Leafs need guys who can help them win games. Now you're talking about a team. That's not very good. Yeah. Like you, you, uh, the team needs to be able to afford to lose games while he figures it out. No. And then I think he could be great. Mm-hmm. He could be great, but like to expect him to not play hockey, to go from basically not playing hockey to being great right away is unreasonable. Right. That's all I'm saying. Cheering for Victor, uh, Victor, Philip Broberg, Victor Mete. Victor Mete. I'm cheering for him too. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I am curious. I think think he might be a Ferris guy. I'm just curious to see if this, if this tact works to me, it's more interesting about Darren Ferris's strategy here. That's what I'm fascinated. Does this work? He always becomes a story. He does. He does. Um, So uh, I thought you'd find this interesting. Tony Ambrosio uh, is filling in for Mark Masters at, um, uh, at practice on TSN today. Oh, and I didn't he, know he was with TSN. Well, he's he's freelance with TSN, I think. And he said, I'm covering the least practice for Mark Masters today. During a drill, Sheldon Keefe was rather animated and yelled, fucking horseshit practice. Not sure if this is the norm, but it did seem out of character for him. I, I think, is Sheldon turning up the heat on the Leafs? I bet that happens a hundred times a year. I would think so, right? But Because yeah. he, he does, like, you saw him get into Bertuzzi's ear a couple of games ago. Well... I think there was an, you know, okay. Keith and Triliving had a ton of conversations this summer, right? And I got to imagine one of them was, hey, so I came in here and I had to be good cop. And then I basically wasn't allowed to be bad cop. And uh, it is, it has had an effect on my job. And Brad said, oh, you have license to be bad cop. Mm-hmm. And he said, what? What? Like, I don't have to walk back every single comment? And Brad said, no, you don't have to walk back any of them. And Sheldon said, well, I'll walk back some of them. And Brad said, okay, fine. But sometimes you should be a hard ass. He's definitely being more of a hard ass this year. This is this is the most cranky we've ever seen Sheldon Keefe. He's grumpy. Dude, like, even in, in friggin' Sweden at the press conference, like, they had just come off a win. And, like, he could not be more open about not really wanting to be there. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, sweet, it's cool, the pizza's nice, but, like, we're playing regular season games here. That's a bit ridiculous. Like, I'm I'm putting words in his mouth, but, like, he was very obviously like, yeah, no, the flight here was hard, the jet lag is hard, the sleep is hard. You know, I lost a defenseman literally because of the flight here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's, he's grumpy. Um, the Senators have added Jacques Martin, legendary Senators coach, uh, to the staff in an advisory role, you're seeing, I think, uh, Michael Ann Lauer build on the history of the Senators mm-hmm. with Alfie being involved with, um, you know, I wonder if one day Spezza makes a return, um, mm-hmm. Jacques Martin being in there in an advisory role. Ooh. It seems like what, because here's what the Senators need. They need bodies that know about hockey. They were so Spezza cut back. GM? 
I wonder, man, one day. Steal them from Dubas? Yeah. Like, how many years do you talking. have to do? How many years did Stevie Y did under, do under Kenny Holland? Uh, oh, half a, a decade. Question. Yeah, at least three years. So, yeah. like, this is what this is the this is almost the two and a half year mark for Spezza. Probably a little bit more seasoning. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. But I think I feel like there's going to be um, there's a little bit of a, a. It's good PR, right? Mm-hmm. B. It's probably like we need people who care about the senators and and you know aren't just here for a paycheck. I know. Bring back Dion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yashin. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> no, no. All of them. Uh, Martin Prushik. Yeah, there you go. Now I'm just naming obscure sins. Uh, Radic Bonk. Um, I kind of actually like the idea of hiring. What What is his exact role? He's a senior advisor, I believe. To the coach advisor. Yeah. yeah. Now, which sounds an awful lot like, hey, this coach is going to get fired soon. Well, I mean, I think he is. It sounds like hang around and give some advice and maybe you could just have this job. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> what it is. But... Look at it this way. Look at it financially. You fire a coach, you got to pay him. If I'm going to pay this guy anyway, and I got to hire a new one, and there's no head coaches out there that I really want to hire, I think it's very interesting that this news comes rather shortly after John Hines gets hired in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've got to pay two people anyway, why not get a different mind in there? Hire Jacques Martin. It's a PR win that probably buys DJ a little bit of time and maybe it changes things a little bit. You got to pay two guys anyway. It's probably a lot cheaper to hire Martin as an advisor than to pay two NHL head coaches. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. I I actually think it's kind of a neat idea. I want to see how it goes. I really, it's funny. They're at the bottom of the Atlantic. Do any of us think they're a bad team? No. No. But I, but I think they're playing bad. They're playing bad and they've had horrible luck. Hey, isn't that doesn't it sound like the Oilers? And what did they do? They fired their coach. Playing bad and had bad luck. Well, the Ottawa Senators also have two games in hand and are a point ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh. <laughs> Just to show you how bad the Oilers were to start. Yeah. Also, the Atlantic crazy. is very good. Oh, yeah. The Ottawa Senators currently have 20 points in 20 games. The Oilers have 19 and 22. The Oilers are still third last in the... Is that the West or the league? That is the league standings. The Oilers are still 30th in the National Hockey League. That's how hard it is to climb. And they've won four straight. Won four straight. I don't believe it. Yeah. So only the only teams below the Oilers are the Sharks and the Blackhawks. There's still a lottery team. That's nuts. nuts. Top three pick. Now, to be fair, they haven't played like a lot of games. A lot of teams have played like 26, 27 yes. games. They played 22. Yeah. You look at the Blue Jackets who sit at 21 points. They've played 27 games and the Oilers have 22 games in nine. So by points. points percentage, does it filter by that? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you by points percentage where they sit in the standings. Still not great. Oh, they're higher. Um, oh, yeah. This is 30. So it doesn't change the list oh order. God, so it. let's That's count it, guys, because oh, NHL.com can't do it. So 31, 32, 31, 30, 30 29, 29, 8, 7, 6, 26th in the league by points percentage. Do you think still behind the Ottawa Senators? Do you think Dallas Eakins checks the NHL standings before bed every night, looks at the Ducks and has the most peaceful, deep sleep in the history of humankind? They are one and nine in their last 10. Wow. Yeah, Holy not great. shit. That honeymoon's over, eh? Still have more regulation wins than the least. 
Yeah. I had to had to point that out. Had to get that out there. Are the Leafs dead last in that Re- category? Regulation wins. I think they're tied for dead last. Regulation wins. They are tied for last. Yeah. With, wow. It is the Leafs, Canadians, Kraken, and Blackhawks all have five regulation wins. That kind of makes it more impressive, doesn't it? <laughs> that they're 12 Listen, and they're six. Playing- Look at the goal differential compared to their uh, counterparts. Yeah, yeah, plus two. Plus two versus minus 17, minus 22, minus 30. Holy shit. It's actually kind of nuts. They're good under fire. I, They're yeah. a high-pressure team. Sure, something like that. Why not? Why can't it be that? Why does it always have to be bad? Why can't the overtime minutes mean something good? I just, They're I, just It's just as likely to mean something good as it is, as it is bad. I, I, I've never heard one person say that. Oh, yeah, this team this team's used to being under pressure. Well, they played more overtime games than most, than most hockey teams this year. Wasn't that Vegas last year, Jesse? What was that? They were super. They played all these super tight games and yeah, yeah. They didn't really. Uh, are the Leafs better than last year's Golden Knights? That must be. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, that's what you got to be. What it means? No, I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Why? Um, You're a hater. One interesting thing about these teams that are the bottom of the league in regulation wins: the Leafs' points percentage there. If you look at it, is six thirty six. How far wow. do we have to go up to find a team that beats them in points percentage? Uh, wow. Okay, let's go. No, Hurricanes still no. haven't found there. Dallas, Dallas, which is fairly close to the top. Wow, <laughs> that's where they're sitting in points percentage. And if you go to, they're like a top wins, ten team. It's crazy, crazy, crazy what they're doing. But the Ottawa Senators, I don't expect they, I don't anticipate they expect it to be in last. They have all of the pieces there to be a good team eventually, but it's just not clicking. Every year, there's a like lottery ish team. That goes on a crazy run in like March, and they're primed for it. Yeah, they got they got a team that can go on a run when things are over. They're not bad. They're really not. They can't get goaltending. If you look at their if you look at their games where they suck, um, it's just a lot of it is just goaltending. Well, good thing they spent a shitload of money on goaltending this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Hughes brothers, all three of them played in the same game yesterday, and it was an 11-point game, 6-5 uh, for the New Jersey Devils over the Vancouver Canucks. And by the way, the Hughes brothers all combined for six points, Wait, which was, is pretty good. It was, um, that game was one of three on the schedule mm-hmm. to feature a blown three-goal lead. Oh, well, it's not just the Leafs then. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, can you name the last team that iced, or the last uh, teams that iced three brothers in the same game? Hmm. That's hard. Sutters? No. I'm trying to think. Oh, the Subans. No? Mm-mm. Three. All brothers. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, hmm. The Stalls. That? That's no. a good one. It's no? in the 80s, if this helps. The 80s? The st- and it's not uh, the Sutters? Nope. I, uh, I'm going to guess the... Montreal Canadiens. Okay. You asked for the team. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the team is not the Canadiens. Damn it. <laughs> the Hartford Whalers. Not them either. Okay. See if you can get it. Quebec Nordiques. Is it the Stasneys? The Stasneys. Oh, I didn't oh that know makes there was sense. three. Yeah. It was Anton, Peter, and Marion. Ah, son of a gun. And one of them played for the Leafs, Marion. Ah. Yeah. And then so. they wheeled out Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And what was the other one? There was a really good oh, player. Oh, because he's in a stroller. He's a baby. I was yeah. like, Jesus, Jesse, that's that starts. Oh, he's a baby. It's a stroller. Who was the other? Stasny was really good. And Jan. Jan Stasny. I always picked him in like NHL 2004 in fantasy drafts. I'm like, For, he's got high potential. He pissed me off because he was in the, I want to say he was in the Series 2 upper deck cards for that year for rookie cards yeah that's where you got ovechkin and every single pack i opened i felt like i was going oh i wonder if this one's over it's jan stastny oh every single one so if, if you were someone, disappointed <laughs> if someone would like 12 jan stastny rookie cards i got them um how much would you pay to meet your favorite team's mascot uh steve has paid yes yeah and i don't know if i'm allowed to say the don't price. say how much it was but steve paid to meet carlton the bear a, a, a lot of money a lot of money a lot of money <laughs> i would expect to pay four digits four digits agree now, now listen the whole thing is is that you, what's different about your <laughs> Is that he came to your party? Yes, in, yeah. which is an hour outside of Toronto. Adam, you asked how much would you pay to meet Carlton the so Bear. So let me change the question. Steve literally paid this summer to meet Carlton the Bear, and we all got to be there. Yes, it was now, awesome. Now, what about <laughs> when they're already at the game? You're at the game. How much would you pay for a seat visit from Carlton the Bear? Oh, they come around for free. Much less. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. So, like, going to your party is one thing because you got to pay a human being to be there and whatever and. It's not a bear. I, 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 I don't want to shock people. It's not a real bear. Uh, what? What? Yeah. Adam? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're a bad Adam. person. That's bad. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. So you're at the Leaf game, and you want Carlton to come to your seat. How much How much more than the ticket do you pay? You've already paid 300 bucks to be there. So it's like medieval times yeah. where there are tiers of medieval times tickets. Where yes. It's like, oh, I get my name on the screen if I buy this tier or I get like the knight will present me with a crown if I buy this tier. By the way, so I, love, I get to buy. Oh. I love that, you know, medieval times tickets that well. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, because amazing. medieval oh, times yeah. rules. It's amazing. It's fucking awesome. Amazing. I was in the section that the MC talked shit about all night, and then we won! <laughs> nice, nice. Our nice. night won! Man. Let's go green! I imagine that was planned. It's crazy. Oh! No way! Oh. <laughs> Adam's a bad person. So what, would what you are your thoughts on Santa? Real? How would you do? How much would you pay extra, seriously? If you okay, so you're saying there's another tier of leaf ticket where you there's an add-on. If this existed, it doesn't currently, but if it- I would pay, I would pay 30 bucks. You'd pay 30 bucks. I think that's, I think that's a reasonable ticket add-on 30 bucks, Carlton the Bear comes to your seat. And you take a picture. Yeah, you get, you get a picture with Carlton the Bear comes to your seat. Maybe 40. Given 30. how expensive leave tickets are, I'm going to say 50. Mm -hmm. 50, okay. Yeah. For the Montreal Canadiens, for the privilege of Team Mascot UP, who, who, UP. Was, who was the uh, Expos at Mascot beforehand. Yes. And until Gritty, I think, was the best mascot in the NHL. I think Gritty is now the best mascot. Orange is the key. You will have to pay $200. <laughs> Uh, fan forms, Canadian. So this is according Whoa. to the Canadian press. The team has lit up Canadian fan forms and social media with the fur on demand package, which promises a brief visit and photo session with UP uh, for ticket holders. Um, and it, it, you get, you know, because he likes to do the confetti thing. So you get confetti, you get a personalized sign and a gift bag from UP. Um, and uh, what's in the gift bag? It better be like a jersey. It doesn't actually say uh, three gold teeth. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, holy um, shit. 
Yeah. So yeah. Gift so bag fans who buy tickets <laughs> to the through NHL.com Ticketmaster site are given the option to purchase it for $195. That's the exact amount. Uh, and they get to select which period they'd like for him to appear. Also, but, it is like the scenario we outlined. Where yes. It's a ticket add-on. Yes. But oh, fan, wow. fans are pissed. But now the Canadians say that the profits from this go to the Montreal Canadiens Children Foundation. Oh, you uh, should have led with that. Oh, so, although that the the fan forms were quick to point out that that was only added Monday afternoon after the criticism blew up. Before that, nobody knew. And also, do we know that for sure? Yes, that's what that's what the Canadian press. This is from the Canadian press. Oh, that's wow. what they're reporting. All right, the for, team's the, social for the media, audience, what is the Canadian? The team's social media messages advertising the package on X, formerly known as Twitter, have drawn backlash and dozens of angry messages, memes, and jokes. I'm reading directly from the article. Um, now. It is interesting to me. I do want to throw out there, Mm -hmm. and this goes for every sports franchise, not just the Montreal Canadiens. The charitable organizations associated Mm -hmm. from time to time have been accused of barely giving anything back. (laughs) That is, that that, guys, that is, and I'm not saying the Montreal Canadiens are doing that, but people have done articles in the past. And people are fans are rightly suspicious of some of these organizations. And I think that's a fair point. Now, I think okay. that's a fair point. So I actually I actually have a little insight here. Uh, because it's true. There are organizations that will, if they raise a hundred bucks, the charity that they're actually working for, or the 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 people being helped by benefited by it, see ten dollars out of that one hundred. Yes. It's true. If I'm not mistaken, the typical break for charities is in the neighborhood of 50-50. Yes. Sports ones tend to be 80-20. What does this I have to do with them charging the 200? Now, I wait, think though. people I think that's part of the anger. I think it I think times are tough. I think people are like, "Hey, what we <laughs> need $200 for the mascot." I do yeah. want, here, I do want to brag about something. Brag. If you're wondering, Steve, why do you know about this? Because of the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic. Last I checked, and they say this at the beginning of every fundraising effort, Mm -hmm. it's 80. 80% from Easter Seals? 80, 20, 80 going to Easter Seals. Wow. It's incredible. And there's a reason they brag about that, because that is unusually high. Because the rest of it would go to administration costs and like employing people yeah. to execute the charity. Friggin' renting the ice and, uh, you know, the putting on the events. But that's only 20% of your donation, which is insane. Yes. yes. That's cool. That's a crazy yeah. thing. Yeah. So this is... So I, I think... I think you're going to see some stories with the economy the way it is, the way you know people are, you know, there's layoffs, there's things like that going on. I think you're going to see some fan outrage, specifically in Canada, where the ticket prices are sky high, cost of living is sky high, and stuff like this drives people up the wall. And it's I not think to blanket be like, you know, charity. I think no, no, I'm not blanketing though. I think okay. I'm bringing up a legitimate, valid point, which is people are suspicious of them, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sports organizations. I don't think they've got any right to have the benefit of the doubt based on some of the articles that have come out in the past about I th- I think they're asking a good question for a weird reason. And I don't think... Does that make sense? And I also don't think the Montreal Canadiens, if this yes. was administration error, they put this out there and then later added, oh, by the way, it's for charity. I, yeah. And so a, fans had every right to be upset about it's it. It's a good question to ask for transparency from a charity that you're donating to. I am surprised you got there this way. It's also it's also too much for what you're getting back. It 100%. Like. It sounds like that's not even like 
It's, even if it is going to charity, it's not really worth it. That's like, also for the, the for the fan experience. There's that's not worth. You're not giving me two hundred dollars back of my money. That's. I think people would be willing it. to do it if it was what you guys suggested, which was like thirty bucks. Oh yeah, and and be even happier that it's going to charity. Put yeah. it this really? even like even like a hundred because you said there's a gift bag in there. Yeah, yeah. I think the gift bag is very important because like yeah. what's in the gift bag? Gift bag could be cool for for a hundred bucks if there's like good merchandise in there, like a t-shirt, I, yeah, sweater, maybe a little better than a t-shirt. T-shirts are yeah, yeah, but like two hundred is insane. As someone who had Carlton the Bear come to their house. <laughs> What is it? A buck ninety-five, or a uh, hundred ninety-five dollars mm-hmm. to have them visit you in your seat and take a photo? Yeah, no. I think they're I right. That. Sorry. No. I think they're right. I'm just saying. I just thought it was an interesting one. The people I, online are right. You mean? Yes. 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 Yeah. The online mobs, which listen, <laughs> they have their hits and misses. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. Was this sometimes you? Like, Whoa! All right. Was this you who led this? Sorry? Was this you who started this? This was not me who oh, started okay. this. No. It's from A Wild. No, it's yeah. from Exante Goo above the E. Montreal Canadiens message boards. The Canadians, are, by the way, are not the only team to charge for mascot visit. The Avalanche uh, advertise a seat visit from who is their mascot? Name the Avalanche mascot. Oh, it's a St. Bernard. Oh, man. Uh, hmm. Bernie. Bernie the St. Bernard. Oh! Oh, that's a good one. Now, Let's go. Well now, in U.S. dollars, when you, convert <laughs> cool. to, when you convert this to Canadian, it's about the same. It's 150 bucks U.S. Uh-huh. The Dallas Stars. Let's shit all over them now. The Dallas Stars also do the thing. Oh. Now, who's their mascot? Victor E. Green. That's right. Yep. And they charge $85 American. It's a little better. And that Abs is- Management did not... I think that's a little more in line with. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Eighty five bucks. Habs management did not respond uh, from for a comment. They requested mm-hmm. comment. Can, can I can I be a little devil's advocate right here? Sure. No one's forcing you to buy that. I was about to say that. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Also, All right. Well, then simply don't. Don't pay for it. Yeah. Maybe no one buys this this year and they realize it's too much. Why stop there? I think leave tickets should be free. This, why can't we all just waltz into the building? First come, first serve. Yeah, if you're leaf, I don't understand. If your leaf ticket is $400 and you're like, I don't have $400, then you don't buy the ticket. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think it's the worst idea for teams to do this. I will say if it comes at the expense of like kids just bumping into the mascot and taking a photo, then yeah, I obviously hate that. But I don't, I don't think that that will happen. I think you could still get your photo if you run into them on the concourse. This is yep. this isn't a photo in the concourse. This is a unique experience. Yeah, where they come to you and you get you know like it. And if you've got an eight year old and you, listen, if you're fucking loaded, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like okay, it's a big prerequisite. You yeah. got two hundred bucks to blow on this. You, you, I think this is a, a neat idea. If fan pressure is what got them to donate the money, great. And if you're asking for transparency and where the money goes. Great. I think it's all great. Look at me being all happy and great. That's great. I just wanted to see what you thought. It was it was it was bubbling up from the surface in Montreal. And Adam hates charities. I don't hate charities. <laughs> I just think that there have there have been some <laughs> suspicious things. Adam's that boycotting Easter that, Seals next year. I don't, that, that Ryan Reynolds uh, sick kids commercial was on TV, and Adam said, "Turn that bullshit off. <laughs> Turn it off." <laughs> That's another charity. It's a fantastic charity. Here, yeah. here. here. Wait a sec. Oh, they call them pricks? All right, this is a commercial. Leave it. Get behind. I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, why don't we support these paperweights anyway? Adam, it's a brand of society. I forgot. 
Adam watched The Dark Knight and was like, you know, that Joker, when he blew up that hospital, he might have got a point. A point. <laughs> might have had a point. Might have had a point. Why did he let them leave? He let yeah. them leave before he blew it up. Adam goes, no. what are sh- sh- shut up and turns the volume up when Bane's given his soliloquy. <laughs> Let's do oh, the no. press conference, guys. The Presser SD. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Uh, one of the biggest breaking stories that happened this week it it happened just after we recorded on monday oxford university press the publishers of the english dictionary have deemed riz ah. as the word of the year love it. we did it love it we did it ladies and gentlemen wow, wow. i think it's weird when people get mad at this stuff what does that mean i well oh riz really well it's a word it's a, what people say it and understand what it people are like. That's not a word. It wasn't a word. Shakespeare wasn't writing it. It's like, well, Shakespeare made up words, too. If I say something and you know what it means, I got bad news for you. It's a word. I think Shakespeare made up the um, word basement. Yes, he made up several words. <laughs> yeah, yes. like uh, in every play. Like a lot of a lot of the dictionary, just Shakespeare making up words. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> that, he did. Yeah, like, that's no, like literally the, yeah. like. That's, That's like high school levels. Yeah. Shakespeare was known for just making words and then and they were logical, expecting though. the audience to yeah. understand what he meant because they, they were logical. Yeah. That's really weird. Like, because that was that long ago. That was hundreds of years ago. There were probably moments in people's lives all the time where they were like, there isn't a word for this. I need to come up with one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think like Adam did. I think people, people just get mad at change because they do. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know. I, I've never gone through my life expecting things to stay the same. Yeah. And so I'm rarely disappointed. Do you, do you uh, open I, your I, eyes? I'd be shocked if things stayed the same. Do you open your eyes in the morning and go, again? <laughs> if so, well, that's a problem. Call yeah. a friend. But, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Stuff changes. Um. Oh, I meant to bring this up earlier, Jesse. I want to interject. Okay. We're done with Riz? Done with Riz for a second. I think we, you had something else Riz, something. Okay. Riz related. Do you have something Riz related that you would go like ahead. to Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, are you aware, Jesse, of the transaction that occurred earlier this week? Transaction? A major transaction occurred earlier. No, I am not. Uh, Steve Dangle made a trade in his fantasy team. And I <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I am aware of that. Okay. Yeah. So, Steve, what did you do on Monday night? I had the most intense negotiations with Ian Tully. Okay. Uh, for a trade in our pool. Yep. So, here's what's going on. All right. And Jesse's just, you're going to hate every moment of this. Yeah. Um, I don't have any goalies. I screwed up. I made two bets uh, with my draft picks. I, I picked some really, really, really good forwards and defensemen. I left my goalies late. I made two bets, guys who were going to hit, and neither of them did. Philip Gustafson and Devin Levi. Uh-huh. And so I'm scrambling for goalies. Even worse, my team got bit by the injury bug hard. I got Shea Theodore long term. Tage Thompson was my first pick. He's long term. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. And Dougie Hamilton, long term. I have a crazy decor. Um, so I was in the market for a trade. Mm-hmm. And Ian Tullock and I had a deal that was Tage Thompson for Joseph Wool and Sergey Bobrovsky. And we decided why stop there? So it's Tage Thompson and Dougie Hamilton, both of whom are on long term injured reserve. For Joseph Wool, mm-hmm. Sergei Bobrovsky, Morgan Riley, and Carter Verhage. Now, you're going to look at your pool and the rankings that they have, and it's not going to be the same as our pool. 
I think I I did very well because it's two guys. I know I'm giving him the better value players. I gave up the two best players in that deal. But here's the thing. The players I got are actually going to play. Jesse. Yeah. How do you rate this transaction? I told He texted it to me on Monday, and I told him not to do it. <laughs> now, why did you tell him not to do it? Where's the flaw in Steve's angle here? Uh, swapping the uh, defense. I forget. I don't have the. I want to pull up the actual trade so I can legitimately talk about the players. I could tell you where they're ranked in my pool. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Let's just uh, bring it up. The screenshot of the trade you sent. Um, so, yeah, th this is the one you ended up doing. The wall. Bobrovsky and Riley for Hamilton and Thompson. Well, Bobrovsky, Riley, and Verhage. Oh, I got Verhage in there. And you got Verhage? Yeah, okay. I, st I stood firm on that. Yeah. He wouldn't cough up to Foley. So in or most Bedard. in most leagues, Riley is a waiver level pickup uh, defenseman. He is ranked 86th right now. Um, and I think a big reason for that is uh, the Leafs basically haven't played. Yeah, so uh, when you when you look at a, a player like acquiring Morgan Riley for Tage Thompson, is you're giving up an asset in Tage for something that you can acquire for free from the waiver wire. So I didn't think that made any sense because you're also taking on two more goalies plus two extra players, and you have to drop two extra players off of your roster as well. So my, I was like, so logically, this doesn't make sense. I had guys who I was willing to drop, and my goalie situation actually rules now. Because I have Wool, who's basically the starter for the Leafs. I have Bobrovsky, who's the starter for the Panthers. And a little guy I got off the waiver wire, all the Coyotes fans who think I hate you, Connor Ingram. Yeah, so who I was very happy. You shouldn't have traded for two goaltenders. You should have just had Connor Ingram plus a waiver wire goaltender. That doesn't make it. So why did you acquire two goaltenders? Now you have three. Yeah. Nobody needs three goalies. Nah. Everyone in our pool has like three. Yeah, but then it's you, very rare. To but have then you can be better than the other players by doing a, have, having a better <laughs> strategy. Nah. If everybody's doing something except you, and what you're doing is working, then you have an advantage over every team. So my logic, <laughs> I don't think had any flaws because this <laughs> a why did any it had why no did flaws. you ask me for my opinion on Monday? You weren't going to listen to me. Well, Jesse. Why did you ask? Confirm Jesse. what I say or don't yeah. do it at all. It's one of those. Yeah. You know what, Adam? You know when somebody yes. goes to you and they're like, so yes. what do you think about this? But they've already made up their mind. Yes. And you're like, I'm talking to a wall here. Yes. Why did you ask me? Because I, I think I'm like a lot of people and I <laughs> want your approval. <laughs> you didn't get yeah. it. But you don't care enough yeah. to get his approval to oh, actually so do you what don't he care. said. No, no, because I want my approval more. <laughs> Right? But I thought Tage Thompson was going to be out for another month. Based on what? Based on everything I read about Tage Thompson. Even Sabres fans, when it was announced yesterday, oh, he's going to play tonight. They were like, what? What the fuck? They thought he was going to be out at least three more weeks. What did he do? He played last night and got an assist. He might have got more. I don't you know. You traded him on Monday. He played on Tuesday. I know. It's crazy. Dougie Hamilton might be done for the season. And I, I told Ian that. Yep. I'm like, okay, if he comes back, you get Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. But he's coming back from a torn pec. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. He had surgery. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we have no idea if he's coming back. The hardest thing to acquire in fantasy is high-end players. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why drafts are so important, because you need to pick the top guys, and the top guys need to be your guys. And the, the middle-end guys, guys fall off. They, they go in and out. So trading away someone like Tate didn't make any sense. 
Yeah, for but, for goaltenders that you literally picked up one for free in Connor Ingram, who's been absolutely fantastic. No, well, Jesse, I will point out that I did win fantasy last week. Last week? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Oh, no, that was me against you in our football. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that was I'm pretty sure. So I am five and eight on the season. I'm pretty sure I'm two and oh against you. I think so. Yeah. 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 Which doesn't make any sense. No, I think you've had your be- like what was the what was the final score? Uh how do you find Because I I think I um just go to matchups and then hit last week. What the hell's matchups? So in the matchup. middle there. Oh, the previous week. There you go. Because I'm pretty sure like I put up a crazy match. You it was actually really close. Yeah. It was one thirty nine point six six to one thirty three point twelve. Yeah. You got so stupid close. Yeah. And I was like a hundred points ahead of you because none of your players played <laughs> till the weekend. Yeah, but, oh, well, I'm um, very proud of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Next time, just don't ask me. <laughs> I'm sorry for no, burdening you with my friendship. Definitely ask him. Definitely I'm going to ask you, <laughs> and then you're going to do what you want anyway. <laughs> I wish that the texts between you and Ian. Like the negotiation text, I wish that those could be released publicly because I would love to just go through those with a fine tooth and go. I'll ask him and go. What what happened? <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> I'll ask him back and forth. Why like, not? Is he a is he a gentleman negotiator? Like is he a? Oh well. Um, uh, or did it like? I feel like his... it's it's just gonna be really cringe. <laughs> I don't think I don't want anybody to. Why see Why wouldn't this. you want to see that? Dude, I want to see that. Be so cringe. People love that. No, but nobody. Oh. <laughs> It's going to make me uncomfortable. So it was really civil. Uh-huh. It was really civil. I asked for Toffoli. He's like, ah, I really like Toffoli. Um, I go, what about Verhage? He's like, ah, I like Verhage. I go, what about Bedard? And I'm trying to find it. Um, I believe he responded, lick my taint. <laughs> so he did not appreciate being asked for Bedard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can I okay. end the show with one shout out? Please. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out. I want this to be clipped uh, and played in uh, how many years? Five years. So shout out Maddox Schultz. He's a 13 year old kid from Saskatoon. Okay. Regina, Saskatchewan. Sorry. Is one more time his name? Maddox Schultz. Maddox Schultz. Good name. Maddox Schultz is 13. He was playing in the under 15 league in uh, for the Regina Pats Blues double A team under 15. Wow. Right? Put up 48 points in 12 games. What? <laughs> wow. So you know what they did? That's four points a game. You know what they did? What? They called up this 13 year old to the under 18 team. They should not have done that. Triple A in Regina. He's not big enough. And he's How- currently playing for the Regina Pats Canadians under 18 triple A team. And he has a point. He has a goal in two games. So Maddox Schultz is going to be an NHL superstar one day. And I just want to show you some love, Maddox. You're doing crazy things at 13. So first of all, how did you find out about this? Uh, The intranets. Well, thank you. I assumed. (laughs) But also, so this 13-year-old is playing contact hockey with 17-year-olds? Yeah. Under 18, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) How how big is he? Does it say? Uh, Yeah, he's 5'10". And okay, he's 13. Like, these guys are 18. How heavy? 18, uh, 154. 
Ah, you know what? That's a big he's 5'10", 154. He's played two games. He's got a goal already. He put up 48 points in 12 games. Last season, he had 63 points in 28 games. Holy he's shit. He's unreal right now. And I don't know, five years from now when he hits 18, like he first overall pick. Who was his closest teammate in terms of scoring? I need to know. Last season? Uh, or sorry, this season, season the up. 12 games. Um, so you're going to love this name. Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Sirkan had 47 points in 12 games. Oh, my God. That's, wow. I, assume, I assume that's his line mate, you know? I don't know. How many assists versus goals? Uh, Maddox had 26 goals, 22 assists. Chase had 30 goals, 17 assists. Jesus. And the, But then their next teammate, Joshua, only had 26 points. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, okay, those so that's, two were just run and show. That's the dream team. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Holy. Well, how, t how big is Chase, though? This is probably why he wasn't called up. Uh, let's see. Chase. Sorry, it's loading. How Chase. do we have access to this information? I know. Who's tracking this? Chase is 5'8", 154. Uh, he's still pretty big. Yeah. yeah. For a uh, 13... What? But like, how tall are you, Steve? I'm about the same height, 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this kid's 13. He's, he's pretty big. Not the same weight. If no. you want some... Like, I... <laughs> As a fat guy, sometimes I wish you could trade like attributes. Like if, if there, it, listen, if there are any skinny people out there who want some extra weight, I can, I can spare 10 pounds. I could give you more if you want. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Uh, we have a trade to announce. We actually might. Um, Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Chase is also a year older. He's a 2009. Maddox is a 2010. Uh, Buffalo and Columbus are closing in on a trade for Buffalo and Columbus. Who's the centerpiece of the trade? Uh, defenseman. Andrew Peak. They got a lot of D in Columbus. No, it is not a defenseman. Oh, Kent Johnson. Is it Elvis Merzlikens? It's Eric Robinson. Oh. Who play, Who has played only seven games this year, has yeah. a $1.6 million cap hit, but... The last few years with Columbus, 50, 56, 67, and 72 games. So he's played a lot of games in the NHL. Yeah, I think he's probably just making too much. And he's probably an NHL quality player who's just been making too much. Uh, the other thing that you should know is that it was just literally announced right now that John Klingberg will have surgery and will not play again this year. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. well, they didn't say it won't play again this year, but we kind of know he won't. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so the Leafs now have... What they didn't have before, which is the LTIR room to make a trade. They couldn't make a trade before. They now can. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that will be interesting as well. I got the Go details ahead. of the Buffalo trade. Oh, it's already up? Yeah. It's uh, Patrick Laine, uh, Kent Johnston, oh. and uh, for Jeff Skinner. Wow. Shut up. That's it. There it is right there. <laughs> oh, Maddie put up the, the Regina Pats thing on the screen. You I have it. I have it right here. I have it right here. I was going to say evil. something real. Yeah, undergo season-ending hip surgery, according to Brad Living. He just said it. Oh, season-ending. There you go. Yeah, it is season-ending. Wow. So Brad Living did say season-ending. Okay. There it's it a five-to-six-month five month recovery for this surgery, so that it will be unpleasant. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, we oh. wish the best for Mr. Klingo. We need wrist alignment now. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.